Good day is a day for a member of Palestine to come out and show solidarity for Palestinian people. Especially for us Jews, it's very important to bring out the Jewish message, the message of ultra-Orthodox Jews, because all the killings what the Zion is doing, all they're doing in our name, the killing, the robbery, the take away the land and the properties, everything what they're doing is in our name, in the name of Jewish people. So it's very important to come out to show the real Jewish voice, people what follow God, what is their voice. And their voice is that the whole land should go back for the Palestinians. From the river to the sea. Jews are in exile by divine decree. Going out of exile is a rebellion against the Almighty. And doubles and triples the crime is when the Zionists take away the land from the, other, from the Palestinian people by force, by robbing away the land and killing them. So we have to rectify this and the, sh the whole land should go back for the Palestinians from the river to the sea. We can't go out in this year, we can't go out on the streets about the virus. At least we're coming to raise the Palestinian flag and to show for the world that we are totally against the state of Israel and we await the total dismantlement of the state of Israel, a peaceful dismantlement, nobody looks for bloodshed. And then we can live together with the Palestinian neighbors in peace and harmony like we used to live for centuries in Palestine and all the Muslim world. My mother coming from Palestine, she's already uh, about 85 years, and she told me she remembers she used to live with the Palestinian neighbors in such a good condition, they have no problem with each other. And you can hear that from all elder people, Jews and Palestinians. We wish and we wait for this time again. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, October 9th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Apologize for the delay in getting started. There's been some interesting anomalies, as you might expect, with the kind of content we're covering and interesting things that have kind of caused some delays into getting started. I, I one of the thing I want to say before we jump right into it in general is that today again is going to be a focus on what's going on in, in occupied Palestine. There's a lot to talk about. And even today and even yesterday, I'm going, should I include some other things? Should I, could I break this up a little bit and do some of this and some of that? And I know plenty of you would say yes. And, and even myself, I think that's usually the way to go for some Everything tells me right now that not only, I mean, I will get back to these other topics. I'm still pulling off things I think are important. I'm not going to lose sight of any of these other topics that I think are important that we continue to cover, including things like East Palestine or Lahaina or any things that we think are relevant to cover for the larger picture of how we're being led into something that we, yeah, you know, in, in regard to whether we're talking about globalism, whether we're talking about build back better, or even outside of that entire topic, the idea of just people being deceived for the betterment of people that pretend to be their leaders. 
we will get back to all of these topics in general, but I think it's important that we stay focused on this topic, not just because I'm passionate about, you know, liberty, justice, international law, but also because I think this topic in general, more so than ever, is pivotal right now. We're seeing a lot of things pivot around this topic in foreign policy and domestic policy, and then that goes for many different countries. And I think that's an, it's partly because it's an important topic in the context of the idea of the, the changing world dynamic, but also just because people are invested in this in a political sense that has nothing to do with the peoples that are suffering on either side of any conflict. So I think it's important that we stay focused on this and I continue to break this down. I mean, obviously this isn't going to drift off in any sense. We'll continue to cover this like many topics. My point is to tell you that the last couple of days, as much as this is the daily wrap up, I felt it was necessary to focus just on this to make sure that we don't lose this. There's a massive information war taking place right now, just on this topic as they tend to, as there was just with Ukraine and so on. Even just one thing right out of the gate, I'm already hearing that apparently there's U.S. politicians that are asking you to divert every U- Ukraine fund, every bit of Ukraine funding right now to Israel. And those are the people that are supporting Ukraine. So it's even in their minds, this it's interesting. So there's something going on here that's pivotal and include and this includes the Ukraine conversation. Now, just that being said, that's why we're focused on this today. So don't feel like we're drifting into some different direction. We'll always, in my mind, try to be you know, put out a broad net to catch things we think are important. And I'll always break off into small focuses and talk about some chemical I don't like or whatever we get into. But before we jump in again, on the note of the anomalies, it's really interesting. First of all, the image that you see on the YouTube version, if you happen to be there, I don't know why you would be, but if you are, (laughs) it's interesting to know that when I first started, you'll see the image I used on the website and every other platform, really. And it's it's a combination of images. It's an image of a, a Palestinian civilian who has got a cut on his forehead. I mean, it's bloody, but it's nothing. It's not something you'd be censored for. And then there's a a, a medic running with a, a child, which I hope is alive. And we'll get into some terrible things today. And if you have a weak stomach, I recommend you kind of avoid some of the stuff we're going to look at, look at today, but a child being rescued, rescued by a medic with blood all over the ground. And then the image of the woman that seems to be being detained uh, I haven't rec- found out who she was yet, but it seems to be an Israeli civilian that's been taken by Hamas or what we're told is Hamas. And those, I'll get to that. The people don't even look like that, to, in my opinion. But either way, that it's an Israeli civilian that is being taken. And that matters. Any civilian is the point. But all of those were on the image. And YouTube kept blocking it. I tried the Palestinian image alone. And guess what? They blocked it. Even the one that wasn't that bloody. But the moment I put just the Israeli picture up, guess what? The image seemed to work. As always, maybe it's just a glitch. Something tells me it's not, though. And I think we see this in the way that they frame everything in the mainstream conversation, where one side's the terrorist, one side's the good guy, no matter what the real dynamic is. And sometimes that is the way these things go. Sometimes bad things happen from the side we may perceive as good. But the point is not about the reality. It's about the controlled structure of the way they want you to see it, regardless of the reality. And that's crazy to me. It should be at anybody. I just think that's hilarious. That was one of the things that caught me up and wasted some time to get started. I also thought it was interesting as I was posting this on other platforms, uh, specifically the right-wing platforms like Getter and Truth Social. I typed in the Hamas hashtag and went to go post it and realized it had already autofilled to Hamas terrorist. And I did it twice. <laughs> Whether I hit T or not, it went uh, auto t- right into it. I thought that was pretty telling as well. And also the... the uh, Interest, oh, and then back to just starting out to the opening clip we just played. I've been ta- I talk about that 
group in general, but there's a lot of them around the world. Uh, there's a lot of them in New York. There's a lot of them in, in occupied Palestine. And these are Orthodox Jews, people that believe staunchly in the core values of what they believe is Judaism. And, as, and most of those people are pretty openly outspoken about the fact that Zionism is not Judaism. The opposite of what we hear from our government, from all of the governments towing these lines. And they're telling you that this is a lie. Now, you can decide for yourself what the truth is there. Hopefully, you can do your own due diligence and realize that you can prove what they're saying, but come to your own conclusions about it. But realize that there are Jews around the world that will tell you that you're being lied to. And what he said is important in that, that, the, that this is something that has been what I've continued to tell you, that their mindset is that it's been used. They've, they've used Judaism to manipulate Jews into believing that this is something that is God-given and so on. And his, but his point is important because he still believes that, but not in the sense that it is Israel. What he says is the idea of divine, uh, what was the word he said? Divine decree. His point is that historically, or I mean, rather religiously historical context, the idea is that this was an, a land, or rather that the, the Jews are waiting for God to come back and essentially do what the Zionist government said happened with Israel. So his perspective is that from a Jewish, uh, uh, from a Judaism perspective, that for a political entity to stand up and pretend that God gave him this land is a violation of Judaism because it hasn't happened yet. Now, again, I'm, I'm not an expert in this topic, but I think it's interesting that that we don't get told in the conversation. And we're only told that only anti-Semites will say that, except they're Jewish people. And that doesn't even get into the reality of what a Semite actually is, but it's interesting. So I thought that was important to start with today. Now we're going to get into a lot to talk about today. A lot of terrible things that I think are important to cover and some on both sides that I think we need to understand that people are suffering as always when war breaks out as, as a song that I like. And the, the line goes that rich men roll the dice and the poor men play, pay the price. And that is really what we see every single day. So we need to stand back in this and realize that politics is overwhelming when it's in a fervor like this. And we need to recognize that people's lives matter everywhere. Now, of course, on the title, I said civilians' lives matter. All civilians' lives matter. That doesn't mean that military lives don't matter. It simply means in the context of civilians. And let's not pretend like there are not millions of civilians that are not part of Hamas or militants in Gaza that are being attacked right now because they're not allowed to leave. And that has to matter. And of course, there is Israeli civilians that, have, that don't want any have no skin in the game in regard to what's going on with Zionism or what's going on in Palestine. Many of them will, some of them will speak out about how they support Palestine. And those people are being heard as well. Many of which we'll get into, excuse me, some of which we'll get into are apparently being reported from Sky News to have died because of Israeli bombings, because they're being held in Gaza. And they're even saying that they don't care about that. All of this gets missed by the people that act like we're terrorist supporters because they only listen to what the news says, Israel says, and that's all we get told. So we're going to go through all of this as usual, and I'm going to do my best not to make this five hours like yesterday, but it's important that we cover all of this. So again, I'll include this for you. To You can check out the group. The, the group is Torah Judaism and, li and listen to what they have to say. Zionism is not Judaism. Zionists are not Jews. That's a, you know, if any average person says that, that's you're a racist. You're, you're an anti-Jewish, anti-Semite, and you should, you know, all the terrible things you hear. But so what happens when a Jew says that? When somebody who is a Orthodox Jew is speaking out about it, I find that really fascinating because you don't talk about it or how the IDF will beat them up in Israel because they speak out about it. But we don't hear about that. Very telling. So first out of the gate, I wanted to correct something that, I, that is, is frustrating. 
But I think it's important for two reasons. One, that we always correct even the smallest mistakes when they, they're made aware to me. I'm sure I've made small mistakes that I didn't even know I made in the past. But this was from yesterday. And I've already updated the title and I've already put an asterisk. And the point is that I want to make people make sure people see this. I posted on Twitter as well. Now, this is where I saw this first. And I think it's important to make sure you guys know that I will never, never put something on this show that I have not vetted myself. That doesn't mean I can't make a mistake like this right now, which is why I always tell you it's important for you to do your due diligence because I could make a mistake, right? And the whole point is the context, the context of corporate media, as I always say, or in the context of COVID-19 and so on. It's like, well, yeah, I think they're lying to you, but realize that they could just be wrong. So to act like we should trust the science or trust the expert, it's a stupid mantra. Do your own due diligence always, right? And this is the case to make that. I, I, mis I made a mistake here. And as I said in my tweet, it's a combination of the fact that this is, uh, it's, it's a both a trans, a, basically I was looked at this tweet and I said, okay, it's, it's translated. So I'm always going to make sure that I check this. So I sent it out to Robert. Now he sent me back. And this is a, this, it's a miscommunication between the two of us. Robert did not make a mistake. Now I misunderstood. We've talked about it afterward what he said to me and it was my fault but my point was that i saw this and it was framed and two more than one place as him saying he'll defend them and i don't speak arabic so i reached out to people and i said hey is this correct and then i misunderstood now my point is i would never put this out there without thinking that this is actually what he said now what's interesting is and, and by the way there's now a context on here uh it's saying he didn't say that it is that will always defend palestine what he did say though is that, the, that he calls for de-escalation and ultimately, how that's being perceived today is the kind of like both sides should back down is being perceived as pro Hamas, which is really, really telling when you think about it. Either way, I want to make sure we correct that and make sure that's very clear to people. Now, also, when we get into the world of deep fakes, which, by the way, we're already there, this is going to start to happen. I frankly don't know how we check unless we have some kind of software to do so. A deep fake. Let's say somebody puts out a deep fake of Erdogan speaking in English or, you know, some, something like or anybody. I'm not sure how we check that. So just we need to start being on guard and realize that even people that let's say you believe you can trust me, which you shouldn't trust anybody, in my opinion, always do your due diligence because of things just like this. Very important. And then, oh, by the way, and here's the Reuters link about this saying Turkey will ramp up diplomacy in the conflict. And, and he goes on here to say very clearly that, uh, you know, calls for both sides to back down. And but just so we're clear in general, Turkey's always sort of been ideal i think openly stood with palestine in many ways in the past but what that means today it's up for you to decide oops that's the wrong post so i wanted to also point this out as we get started and I, this is going to be a point towards the end but i wanted this to be in your mind as we go through all of this uh, usual uh, unusual whales points out congress has begun buying war stocks and this is a person that kind of follows the the buy and sells and so on many bought defense company general dynamics so think about how disgusting this really is. And it, and it says numerous Republicans bought heavy into oil, energy companies. So these are people in power who are very aware that their rhetoric and, their, and everything they're doing, the funding they're giving is going to create more conflict. And what do they do? Well, they go invest in things that will profit while there's conflict. Now, we have to realize how disgusting that is. Whether or not you think it's just an, a secondary thing that they care about freedom and democracy and then why not make some money while we do it. Either way. That's a conflict of interest. And that's, I mean, technically that's a crime as far as, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's actually a crime. And I don't know if that overlaps with inside or not inside trading necessarily, but I, 
I'm sure in, someone in the chat speak to that. If you guys know more about the specifics, but if, if it's not, it should be. Bottom line is these people are making money on their actions from a place of authority while they could be like, arguably they could stand up and say, how about we don't have this war? How about you back down and we have diplomacy? Well, that's not going to make them any money. So we have to realize that there's at least a dynamic where they might decide that if they're on the fence, well, because they might be able to make a hundred million dollars by investing in general dynamics who will supply the weapons that they're giving or selling or, and you get it. It's very frustrating. And as I said, makes me sick. Sociopathic profiteers pretending to be altruistic leaders. Worst of the worst, as you've heard me say many times, there's something to be said about a bad person, right? Someone who just doesn't get, doesn't care about anybody who will go and take what they want and murder somebody and rob and whatever. But they, those people, what I mean is a person that states that openly. Those are terrible people. But what is 10 times worse than that person is the kind of person that will pretend to be the best kind of person and then quietly do all the things 10 times worse than that person says they do openly. Those are your leaders. Those are your leaders in quotes. And it makes me sick. Also, same kind of point, this, keep this in your mind as we go through, because we're going to get to these points toward the end, but I wanted this in your mind as we talk about everything else. Solomon Ahmed points out, and again, this is coming from Egypt, but again, there's so much flying around. Use your own discernment here. He says, Netanyahu and Israel were aware of the attack before it happened. And there's a lot of talk about this, as far as I can tell, predominantly coming from Israelis. That says a lot. As everyone in the U.S. is going, all oh, the Israelis are on our side to fight me. They're going, I don't think this is even real. <laughs> Many of them are speaking up in response to people like Dave Rubin. I'll point you on out earlier. I think that's what it was. Simply saying, no, I don't agree. That's not what I think. And I'm an Israeli. These were lied to. They let this happen. And it seems like that might be something true. You guys decide for yourselves. It says, Times of Israel, Associated Press and Al Jazeera are reporting that Egypt warned Israel of a major coming attack from Gaza. But is Israeli officials ignored it. Egypt cautioned about the situation's escalation, but unfortunately, these warnings were disregarded by Israel. Now, that is not so the reason I read it is because the, this right here is the important part. He's claiming that this means they knew. Now, I would agree with that, along with everything else that we've already seen. But what it really says is they you could just read that as we see this getting out of hand. What you're doing is going to escalate the situation. And then it just turned out that Hamas ended up carrying out this agenda. Certainly possible, but I think it's more than that. We've already seen interesting things with Egypt that I haven't brought up. Brought up, but Egypt recently there was a little skirmish between an Egyptian soldier, or either a soldier or a, uh, I believe it was a soldier or a policeman, I think, but I think it was a soldier that shot an Israeli tourist. More than one, I think. And then I believe that person got arrested. It was really hard to discern based on the way they were covering it. They went on. They said that the person was shot by security forces, but then said that the assailant was arrested. And I was I'm like, does that mean somebody else? Does that mean it was very confusing? But ultimately, then Israel said Israelis should get out of Egypt, which is an interesting thing, because as much as there's a very anti-Israeli sentiment in Egypt, they've normalized relations with with Israel. So it's, this whole thing is deteriorating, deteriorating really fast. So now that we have Egypt essentially kind of going, hey, this is going to happen. And they didn't listen. If that's how this went down, it adds more context to the whole thing. But in here, you can see this video. Now, by the way, this is I'm not there's so many of these going around. I've already seen one of these where they were claiming that all of these were in Gaza, these gang gliders. But then there's already that one of those has already been debunked. Apparently, one of them was in Egypt. And so I'm, I, I do know for sure that I've seen examples of them using some kind of hang glider or some kind of a. I'll show you in a minute, this weird kind of like, what do they call them? Like a dune thing where they have a little big fan in the back and they can drive across the sand. 
But ultimately, whether or not this is some kind of masked airdrop thing, that's up for you to decide. I'm not sure. And then I think the, yeah, this guy said it's magician military practicing. Interesting either way. The point is what the they're reporting in general about the fact that this might have been something they were aware of. So keep that in your mind. I'm not sure where I stand on that, to be quite honest. I do think that there's too much that speaks to something else going on. And what I mean by that is it could have been as simple as that Israeli government creating some kind of plan that would allow some kind of allowance, like maybe one of the checkpoints, and then they lost control of something for some kind of reason. I mean, I'm just hypothesizing. My point, though, is that it doesn't have to be as simple as everything failed or they let it happen. There could be something in the middle there. But let's get into the parts that I think are most important. And that's really what I'm going to focus on more than anything today. Human life, civilians in particular. Because what really disgusts me about all of this, and I'll have points as we go through here today, there are far too many people, people that I quite frankly thought I respected, that I'm not talking about a disagreement on politics or a disagreement on a policy or or medical freedom. This is a, this is a fundamental morality point. I'm not, I'm not because we're not talking about deciphering whether or not you think Hamas are terrorists or whether or not you think the Israeli government is in the right. I'm talking about the civilians on either side. That is an absolute uh, static reality. There's all close to, there's, I mean, over 1 million civilians easy in Gaza. Now, there's a dispute about the total number. Easily reported as the most densely civilian populated area on the earth. At least it was at one point. It's one of the most right now. There is no pretending that there's not civilians being killed with what's going on there. Yet you have people that, again, I, I, th- I thought were objective, that are coming out and saying one side is all good and one side is all bad. And it just makes me sick to watch people that are either too afraid to stand up right now because of how clearly they're going to get attacked. God, I'm fending things off left and right right now just because I'm saying both sides have lives that matter. It's absolutely blowing my mind right now. But let's get into what they're actually saying and make this clear that this is not okay. It does not matter whether every single thing they've ever said about Palestine is true. This is not okay because we know that there are civilians in Gaza. And I'll show you that too, straight from the UN. So Narfal points out that Minister of Defense of Israel says, quote, the rules of war have changed. Now, again, my point earlier, I didn't just grab this because Narwhal shared it. Narfal, I checked it. And there's, I have more, by the way, right here coming up there, coming up to what he actually said. I'm only making that point again so you know that that's always, I will always make sure that I'm like, did he actually say it? Let's find out. And sometimes, as you just saw, I can be wrong. But the rules of war have changed. We will cripple Gaza so that it will remember it for the next 50 years. The rules of war have changed, have they? Well, first of all, that's not up for you to decide, Israel. You don't get to just make the, the statement that rules have changed because we are now angry or because we feel slighted, or because people were killed. The rules of law, or the rules of war, and the international law are things that are static, that you don't get to decide change because you're mad that day, or because you feel like people were killed, or because they were. But on top of that, the important point, guys, is the rules have not changed. They're not. They're simply now admitting to what they've always been doing. And anybody with an objective perspective can see that. It's, and again, maybe you think that's justified. Maybe you think they're all terrorists. So don't so if that's your stance, then be honest about that and say, no, I just agree with their belligerent tactics because they're all terrorists. Don't pretend like what they're doing is not happening, because that is what most people are doing in this conversation. They're not. This is what they've always been doing. Indiscriminate bombing of civilians and civilian infrastructure for 75 years and framing it as a reluctant necessity in hopes of fooling the uninformed. That's what's happening now. 
acting like, oh, well, the forlorn hero, we have to do the bad thing because they're doing it too. That's not a hero then. That is a coward. If you have morals and integrity, stand by it. You don't say, well, I'll murder children because they're doing it. That doesn't justify it, even if it is happening. The main, and it says the mainstream, oh, I hate when I see my own typos, the mainstream media and partisan manipulators sell it. <clears throat> That's what we're talking about. People that are pushing the idea that it's okay because, well, X, Y, and Z. Well, let me ask you a question. Does it make a difference if it's a war crime, if there's a narrative behind it? Did it matter when the U.S. government illegally invaded Iraq? Well, the narrative sure did to a lot of people, but let's remember, that was still a crime. We just don't care about it, apparently. These are the parts I'm trying to make clear today. You can have an opinion about this. You can even accept and think that it's okay that we ignore this, but still make sure you make it clear that it's a war crime that I'm okay with because that's what this is. Now, here's what's interesting too. Jim makes a great point here. And this is the same game that's been played for so long. Whereas on one, one side of the mouth, one side of your mouth, you argue that somehow Palestine is its own entity and that's why they should have, you know, that's why we don't have to give them anything. Except then when you want it to, it's, it's something that they're not allowed to get away from. And it's, oh, we control this and we control that. The point is, it is an occupied territory. Israel has made it clear that they will never, ever, ever let them have it to, uh, their own state right up until this very moment. And if you think that's not true, you're being willfully ignorant. They are screaming that to anyone who will listen. So my point is, if it's not a sovereign state and they refuse to give it to them, how exactly can you declare war on yourself? That's what's happening, guys, because they're or rather we're being lied to about the reality because they want to get rid of these people. And that's the stated reality. Now, I'm not if you can agree with that if you want, and you can then realize that Palestinians, because of that, have a similar hate toward the Israeli government and sometimes towards average civilians, which we should all condemn. But what we're talking about here is a non it is not a state. It is an occupied territory that is technically within Israel or all occupied Palestine. So ask yourself how exactly they can start bombing an area that they're technically under. I mean, this is the equivalent of the United States government bombing Iraq right now, even though they're there, which, by the way, has happened here and there. So what's interesting about it is it's the same general kind of mindset. But there's no way around that. That's a crime. I mean, and that goes to the idea of occupied territory and what that truly means. And this is why they play the game. Let's not forget. I'll state it a few times like I did the other day. The United Nations has always maintained this is an occupied territory. Why? Because it is. It's easily provable. And then after that, the Geneva Conventions make it clear that legally speaking, an occupied territory has the right to armed rebellion, to fight back for that territory, not when they're attacked, anytime they choose. Why? Because it's an illegally occupied territory and it's their territory they're fighting for. Now, that does not mean they can go shoot civilians or kill people or rape women. That's not what that means. So if they do, they should be held accountable. But my point is you cannot pretend that them fighting and invading into Israel is anything other than what is legally protected by the Geneva Conventions, because that's what it is, whether or not you agree with it. See where I'm going? Oh, logic is really tough today, apparently. But my point is I think it's hilarious that these are the kind of things they dance around. I shouldn't say hilarious. It's disgusting, quite frankly. Now, this is also this is in um, uh, it's, it's subtitle or uh, it's in it's in Israeli or Hebrew, whatever we call. I think it's Hebrew, right? That's actually a good question, by the way. Is there more than one language in Israel in general? I think that there is, right? So it wouldn't just be all Hebrew. Let me know in the chat if you know that in general. But my point in general is it's not English on here, so it's going to be written down. But so just want, that's why I don't have the video to play for you. But it says, Israeli defense minister described Palestinians in Gaza as human animals and is denying them food, water, and electricity while raining down bombs on civilians and mosques. Why aren't British politicians and representatives in the UK condemning this war crime? Now, what's interesting, guys, 
is this is the stated policy and I'll show it to you there. Oh, and you guys probably all saw this. The only reason this would make sense to anybody is because they're pretending that everybody there are terrorists. Now, except for the fact that they just said, well, go ahead, Gazans, get out of there because we're going to bomb everywhere across the whole area. Oh, except for the fact that they literally can't leave. And they know that. And they're playing on the ignorance of the average person. They're not allowed to leave and they can't. And if they do, they'll probably get shot right now. The point is that this is them saying, get out of the way. So people like Laura Loomer can pretend like they had plenty of time to move, which I'll show you in a minute, even though we know that they can't if we have two brain cells to rub together. And so that's a way to pretend that anyone that stayed, even though they can't leave, it's a terrorist. This is the same as Obama era time saying that anybody we bomb is considered a combatant because they were where we bombed. That is the same kind of logic that they push on everybody, and it's not even logic. It is straight-up lies and criminal and criminal activity, as far as I'm concerned. But not only that they are raining bombs on civilians, but calling them animals. Are we, are we confused about what we, they think all... Not Hamas, guys. Palestinians. Now, the point is that people like Loomer and out there, they're conflating all of that and saying they're all the same thing, going back to the same old argument that there is no... Only, there's only terrorists in Gaza. I don't, nobody believes that. They don't even believe that. They're just of the mind that all Palestinians are bad, so they're trying to manipulate the average person. Now, here is Sarah Abdallah. Oh, and this is going underground, pointing out same thing, calling up her total blockade on Gaza, despite the millions of civilians that will suffer and currently are suffering. And by the way, Israelis that are being held hostage, don't forget about that. They're not, that means they have no water, no food, everything, same thing. So they don't care. And I'll make that point clear in a second, where they state that they don't care. That it's more important to kill the Palestinians than to care about the Israelis that are being held captive. So if you're one of the Israelis that are listening and you're in the and you're in Israel and you also believe that it seems there's something fishy going on, ask why that makes sense. Ask why it's okay for them to bomb an area knowing they might kill one of your neighbors. That should matter to anybody, especially because we're talking about civilians. It says this is a literal call for genocide. More than two million Palestinian civilians, half of whom are children, guys. That's not you, that's a stat you can look up anywhere are trapped in Gaza open-air prison with nowhere to go. And then Common Sense points out that that's against, the, that's against Geneva Convention and qualifies as a crime against humanity. Yep, it is. Same happened when NATO bombed hospitals and knocked down the entire electrical grid in Serbia, which Serbs brought back up in 24 hours. Law does not apply to some countries. People around the world are seeing this finally. Now, maybe that's hurt by this person or not, probably knew this a long time, but a lot of people are really starting to recognize what we're talking about. And it's really not that hard to see, quite frankly. And the same clip about the treating them, fighting them. This is a different tweet, but same, same clip. The Israeli defense minister says they're fighting human animals. And he's not differentiating between Palestinian civilians and Hamas, not because they don't want you to either. And here's what inversionism says. Everyone knows these are war crimes that are against the Geneva Conventions, right? Now, I, th I actually think yes, for the most part, but the ones that are trying to tell you otherwise just don't care. They are, though. It takes 10 seconds to look up, and I'll show you some examples today. I went out of my way to get a lot of the other, you know, tangential points I was making yesterday so we could prove it today. Even though I've proven it 45 different shows over the past 10 years, but now that it's coming back up again, to be, and make sure to make sure people know... My work did not start with COVID. I know a lot of people became very aware of what I was doing through that time period and into now, but we've been doing this for a decade or more. And I was predominantly talking about foreign policy before that happened. So this it's not new to me to talk about all this. So if you look this up, you'll make it you'll make undeniably clear. Doesn't using their exact narrative, you can still prove that what they're doing are war crimes and they don't care. And I'll show you the UN calling that out.
It says, if he's, he goes on, if you cannot see how wrong this is, then you are blinded by ideology and not being objective. It's the exact same rhetoric that they were accusing Hamas of. If you think calling this out as wrong makes you anti-Semitic, then you're a hypocrite who's clearly fearful of being labeled as an anti-Semite. I really think that's a huge part of this. Instead of defending what's objectively right, I knew I liked this account. Everyone wants to see those who attacked and murdered Israeli civilians brought to justice. And he means everyone does, guys. Every, it, well, I mean, honest people, I should say. Objective people with compassion and empathy care that civilians are being hurt no matter where they are. But bombing buildings with civilians in them, which is what's happening, and then cutting them off from food, water, and resources and shelter with no place to go is not the solution, and nor is it self-defense, guys. As they all scream, they have the right to defend themselves. Well, now you're bombing back. There's no defense about that. Even in the sense that we know this is an illegally occupied territory, so there is no concept of defense and the concept of the legalities of it all. You're the one occupying. So the right move would be to move back. But again, I make this point every time that we have to consider in the current state the average Israeli person that has no stake in this game or no skin in this game and that just grew up here and wants to live their life. My point is that it's not it's the same concept of saying that these people look, the bottom line is I will always stand on the, the true idea of the legal state of the occupation and the fact that they have the right to our rebellion and that technically speaking, that should be Palestine again, as even you heard the Orthodox Jew say in the beginning. But at the same time, as an empathetic person, I can care about the random person that just that will then be removed from their home for the same reason, which I would say is the fault of the Israeli government. But we should care, shouldn't we? I'm not saying there's an easy answer there, but this is exactly why even the Palestinians have been talking for years about the two-state solution. And the narrative from the Israeli side of this is only the Palestinians stop it every time. And it's so easy to prove that's not true. It's every single time. Oh, look, a rocket hit a field. Bomb, 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 bomb. That's why we stop because they're bombing us every single time. And realize we just pretty much saw two times in a row that the Iron Dome seems to be a theater show, like I've been telling you for a long time. So let's go stay, let's take a step back and remember all those times when we saw some fireworks pop in the sky and they told you a rocket was fired. Nobody seemed to know anything. There was no video of it. And then we saw carpet bombing across Gaza. And then that was used as justification to stop the fake two-state solution they were pretending they wanted, even though they were outwardly spoken about not ever allowing it when they talked to Israeli citizens. He goes on to say, it's vengeful evil with no regard for indiscriminate carnage being brought upon people who are innocent and uninvolved. This is no longer has anything to do with Israeli defending itself. This is just warmongering evil. It's only going to increase tensions and further anger countries like Iran into attacking and intervening, which is clearly what they want, which then kicks off U.S. involvement all into all-out war. Perhaps that's the actual goal here. The military-industrial complex is salivating. Well said. I agree. Dmitry Laskaris is saying the apartheid regime has cut off water food to Gaza, home to one million Palestinian children. The slow motion genocide the world has tolerated in Gaza for far more than 16 years is accelerating rapidly, and Western governments are virtually cheering it on. By the way, I hate the way this looks on the new Twitter setup here. With the, I just don't like it. Now, here's the New York Times. Just so we're, just so we're clear that this is, in fact, what has been ordered. Israel ordered a complete siege of Gaza Strip as its troops battle to drive Palestinian militants out of border areas. Now, ask yourself this. If they're besieging Gaza Strip and what they're actually talking about is people that are in the areas that have basically breached past that, how exactly does that? I mean, to me, this does not seem like anything other. Well, let me put it this way. This is collective punishment. Collective punishment is a war crime, and you are literally watching the most obvious example I've ever seen in my life 
of that verbatim definition of collective punishment. You are hurting every civilian that is in Gaza alongside whoever else you want to try to pressure. But I'll get to that in a minute to show you that it is a stated Israeli policy to use human shields. But, you know, because that's what the other side does. Sure, probably, maybe, I don't know. My point is that in this circumstance, I can prove that it's their stated policy. Now, I've seen human shields all in many different circumstances, but the reason I say I don't know is because almost every time people like Vanessa Bailey or real journalists will prove that they were lied to about that, or they were the people that the U.S. were backing that were doing it, and they were trying to blame it on things like the Syrian government, and on and on. And have Hyatt Terrell Sham driving around with caged women, and they blame it on somebody else. The point is that's typically how we see this. Right? It makes you wonder. But either way, it's, I'm not going to say it's not possible. Anybody's capable of this. But if you know that the Israeli government, and not some faction somewhere, but the government, the only democracy in the Middle East, we're told, even though it's blatantly false, openly has a policy of doing so. And what they literally will grab a child or a, another Palestinian and bring them with them when they go to check on something. And I think they call it like the, the neighbor, some, something neighbor. I'll get to it in a second. And why you would think that's okay. They do it so they have somebody in front of them. I mean, that's literally a human shield. Before we get there, complete siege. Here's what Fox said about it. Israeli defense minister has ordered a complete blockade on Gaza Strip. Quote, and this is the quote from the Israeli government. There will be no electricity, no food, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting human animals and we will act accordingly. So that that Palestinian child and the grandmother, they're all they're Yeah, in his mind, they're animals. And guess what? They've said it many, many times. The complete siege of Gaza. It's, it's, it's beyond me that people can't recognize, regardless of whether you think the, the, the perspective is justified, I should say recognize or admit that this is how they feel. And ask yourself if they have to lie about that. It, doesn't that seem to suggest that they know that they're being dishonest? Not just the lie, but the fact that they have to cover up something else. My point is that you can say all day long that these people... That's oh, weird. You can say all day long that the, the 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 that there's justified reasons for both sides to have a certain perspective about the other side, right? But then when we can, they come out and say this about all of Palestine, realize what they're saying is all of them are human animals, every single one of them, civilians included. Now I will see something very different from the body of resistance. That does not mean that individuals, as I've said many times, will act outwardly different, or maybe a lot of them will. But a stated outward statement is that they are fighting the Israeli government. That's, Vanessa Bealey has been very clear about this. You can decide for yourself. But what's important is that they have, throughout history, made it very, very clear that that's how they feel. And, of course, it then gets lied about when the U.S. government tells you something different. This is the defense minister, Moshe Yalom. Uh, talking just a couple of weeks ago. Israel is going to hurt Lebanese civilians to include kids of the family. We went through a very long discussion. We did it then. We did it in the Gaza Strip. We are going to do it in any round of hostilities in the future. That's the Defence Minister. Uh, this is the uh, uh, Military Chief of Staff, Benny Gantz. The next round of violence will be worse and see this suffering increase. He headed up the military assaults uh, on Gaza, the last uh, two. This is this the is Minister for Education in the Netanyahu government. There will never be a peace plan with the Palestinians. I will do there everything in my power to make sure they never get a state. He also yep, said, right if you catch terrorists, you simply have to kill them. I've killed a lot of Arabs in my life, and there's no problem with that. Uh, 
This is the Minister for Justice. Palestinians are all enemy combatants. This there also includes the, mother, the mothers of the martyrs. They should follow their sons. Nothing would be more just. They should go, as should the physical homes in which they, are, which they raised the snakes. Otherwise, more... It, it goes on much more, as you've seen many times. That's the point I wanted to get to. The stated outward statement that we will never allow them to have a state of their own. That we should kill their mothers, their families, burn their homes down. Yeah, but that, that's international law? Is it democracy? I mean, do we even have to pretend that that's, the, that's not the most stupid thing in the world to say when you hear them telling you what they actually think? Now, I'm in no way suggesting that there aren't Palestinians that feel the same way or Hamas that feels the same way. But we have to be honest about what's coming down from a state, a nuclear-powered state, not a faction, not an occupied territory, but an open, one of the leading entities on the planet being backed by the U.S. government openly telling you they're going to murder people. Shouldn't that matter a little more? At the very least, the same? Yeah. It really should. So here is the United Nations. And this is talking about Palestine in general. And it says the Gaza Strip in particular, the Gaza Strip, not even not, not all of the, you know, the, the West Bank included, not, not just, just the Gaza, Gaza Strip, has a population of approximately 2.1 million people. And this is not even, this is an older post actually, so it's probably up from there, including some 1.7 million Palestine refugees. Okay, so realize that, that the refugees, we're talking about civilians. Now, I guarantee some of them have taken up arms and have fought alongside the resistance, but we're talking about it easily. And remember, 50% of these are children. Not teenagers, children. I mean, guys, this is incredible. that we And, and th that's who is being bombed right now. The UN Secretary General has found that the blockade and related restrictions contravene international humanitarian law as they target and impose hardships on the civilian population that apparently Laura Loomer and the rest want you to think isn't real, effectively penalizing them for acts they have not committed. That is a war crime. It's called collective punishment. If Iran did it, they would scream to the high heaven. The point is they pretend that's not what they're doing. When they really push to it, they tell you that it's because they attacked us, we're defending ourselves, they're all terrorists, whatever the narrative is to get everyone to stop poking at them. And at worst, they call you an anti-Semite and then most people go away. Food security in Gaza has deteriorated with 63% of people, 63%, 50% of them are children, 63% of people in Gaza Strip are food insecure and dependent on international assistance, which, by the way, usually gets held up by Israel, and most of it doesn't even make it to them. So people that think they're sending things to Palestine, usually most of it gets divided up in other areas and does not make it to the people that need it. That's also per the United Nations. 81.5% of the population are living in poverty, 81.5%. And that's despite getting a national help, and everyone blames them for it, even though they live in an area that is controlled and occupied by Israel. Clean water is unavailable for 95% of the population. How do we pretend that makes sense? You think that's their fault? It's not. It's provably because of what they're doing, again, because of the United Nations statements, and then just logic and evidence that can prove that they've done this deliberately. And then right now we're watching it happen where they just turn it off. It's the same point. Civilians suffer. On July 7, 2014, a humanitarian emergency was declared by the United Nations in the Gaza Strip following a severe escalation of hostilities involving intense Israeli aerial and Navy bombardment. Civilians is the point, and that's why it was a disaster. And seemingly nobody cares. It's mind-blowing to me how long this can go on, and only now do people speak up. 
Abby Martin share. And this is an important nine minute clip. I'm not going to play it now so you can help us how long today is going to be, but I want to make sure you guys watch this. She has done some amazing work in the past on what this, this particular topic. As she says here, the media won't tell you Gaza is a warehouse of millions of ethnically cleansed Palestinian refugees. And that's what we just pointed at that live trapped under brutal Israeli blockade. Here's the forbidden historical context from Gaza Fights for Freedom. And we showed you that yesterday. It's a great documentary she put out. What you're staring at here are just all of the smiling Israeli citizens that bring up their chairs, and their couches and popcorn and beer and watch as they bomb civilians. It's not a joke. It's very easily proven. Here is the actual. Um, oops. I thought, wait a minute, I swear I brought that up. Oh, here it is. I guess it's way over here. Israelis gather on hillside to watch and cheer as military drops bomb on Gaza. That's nine years old. Still happens to this very day. So as they are all screaming about how terrible and unprecedented it is that you have Iranians or somebody else celebrating that Palestinians are fighting for freedom, which they want to make it out to be they're celebrating all the deaths, and maybe some of them are, but clearly the vast majority of people are celebrating that Palestine is fighting for their independence. My point is, if you want to find out and you want to find an example of people cheering the death and the murder, it's right in front of you. And again, I'm not going to dispute that there's, pro there's probably plenty of Palestinians because they've been under a boot for 75 years that are happy to see the other side suffer. And I don't condone that. At the very least, though, I can understand why somebody might feel that way. And then this is them, same point, you know, looks here laughing and cheering and watching. And it goes on to give you a lot. This is actually one of the most important parts of the whole thing. I remember watching this, going into the history of the original Nakba and how they've ethnically cleansed them and almost a million people were displaced, hundreds of thousands killed. It's amazing that that's somehow okay to people. Now, here's an old report from 2018, actually written by, written by Whitney Webb back when she was with Mint Press News that we posted on the, uh, in the Last American Vagabond. But this is coming for Haaretz. A mainstream article, mainstream platform in Israel reporting that Israel is, in fact, targeting civilians in Gaza, which, again, it's that's like saying two plus two is four. But some people just don't want to hear it or don't want to see it. And they they admit that this is collective punishment. And we wrote about we put this up and it's a lot. There's a, some good. There's a lot of good links and information here. But the point is not this article. The point is that you can prove this. And here. Is the Haaretz article Israel's assault policy is changing the residential neighborhoods instead of military sites. I mean, guys, they're reporting it themselves. Think about how disgusting that is. This is 2018. Now, here is an example of that. Syrian Girl points this out. This is actually published by the Israeli government. They are, and she, she points out, they're a terror state. This is what it looks like to precision, precision bomb only Hamas, which is what they're actually saying, and they always state and then people just blindly say that because that's, they want to pretend that they're not killing a lot of civilians, which they always do. Look at the bombing. You can see this stuff popping. Oh, and look at this, guys. There, there is, I mean, the smoke makes it harder to see. I'll give you some more examples. That is all civilian areas, guys. And they just pretend, oh, well, because there were bad guys there. And nobody even pushes back. Shouldn't you prove that? What if there was also civilians? Because there are. I mean, again, the images I tried to put on the show for the YouTube channel, they wouldn't let me until I only put the one that was bloody of the Israeli. It's very telling that they want people to think that there is no casualties happening on the civilian side in Gaza. They are carpet bombing this area, guys. It's crazy. And before we get into more images of this, let's make sure you understand that this is not up to uh, this is the, the accepted opinion in human rights groups around the world. Now, doesn't that doesn't therefore mean that it's true. 
we're also going to prove to you that's true based on simple facts. But if all the if all if what we have is all the the main human rights groups in the world, the United Nations, and all the evidence you could possibly stomach showing you what they're really doing, and the only side of this is coming from the Israeli government committing the crimes, and then people spreading what they're saying in contradiction to the facts and the human rights groups and the United Nations, what are we talking about? Isn't that stupid? I mean, but this is the point. It's about politics. It's about ideological wars. I mean, that's what all of this ends up. I mean, we've talked about the Shiite-Shia divide and how that's been used in regard to Iran and in Syria and everywhere in Iraq and also in this context in regard to Israel as well. It's part of this whole game where what we're talking about an ideological like religious war at this point, And the U.S. government is happy to march along with this because, as you know, Joe Biden's a proud Zionist, he'll tell you. Even though we should remember in the beginning clip, that's not what that means. Or it's not the same as saying that you're a Jew or that you're an Israeli. Israel and occupied Palestinian territories in 2022. This is direct, directly for the podcast from Amnesty International. Here's what it says. Israel's continuing oppressive and discriminatory system of governing Palestinians in Israel and the occupied Palestinian territories. There you go. Are we confused that it's not an occupied territory? So we know that it's an occupied territory. And then we also know that Geneva Conventions make it clear that if that's the case, and it is, they have the right to armed rebellion. So at what point is that not clear? What point? Now, again, if they, in their armed rebellion, shoot civilians, then they should go to prison for that. But my point is the same, is that this is an occupied territory and they're doing something that is legally protected in the context of invading Israel proper. And people are losing their minds about that. It says, and, and, and continue, it says, they end uh, in the occupied territories, constituted a system of apartheid, which again, I'll show you these when we get to in a second, which that is what this is, according to all the main human rights groups in the world, an apartheid state, just like South Africa. Even, we know that Israel was acutely involved in South Africa's apartheid, not a big surprise. It says, Israel forces, Israeli forces launched a three-day offensive on the occupied Gaza Strip in August. Again, on an occupied territory they can't leave from. Anytime this happens, it should be egregiously wrong during which they committed apparent war crimes. Why didn't they, why, what happened? Oh, nothing happened. That's right. So we all acknowledge their war crimes in most contexts, but don't do anything about it. Got it. This compounded the impact of a 15-year-old, 15-year ongoing Israeli blockade that amounts to illegal collective punishment. It's amazing how they ignore the human rights groups when they don't like what they're saying, right? Like any other circumstance, like UN convention un uh, resolutions and anything that's we'll ignore that or call you an anti-semite we don't like what you say and it says further fragments palestinian territory you know all of this is occupied palestine israel escalated its crackdown on palestinians freedom of association also also a human rights uh, human rights violation it also imposed arbitrary restrictions on freedom of movement and closures that amounted to collective punishment again mainly in the Northern West Bank, ostensibly in response to armed attacks by Palestinians on Israeli soldiers and settlers. Again, before you freak out and say, so that's what the point is, these people have a right to do so. Now, again, if we're talking about, well, okay, so here's an interesting point to make. There's a legal gray area here where you could argue that a settler is somebody who was a civilian. But when you regularly see, as Syrian girls pointing out, we now see mobs of settlers walking around with rifles shooting Palestinians which, by the way, has been going on long before this situation. So we just ignore that, apparently. And there's plenty of evidence of that. They do that in, in orchards and, and all sorts of areas where they're taking over territory. And there's evidence through the roof. Nobody cares. My point, though, is when they're talking about armed attacks on settlers, you can make an argument that that's a civilian and that that would be a crime. 
But when we realize that they're, they're very clearly a part of the occupation forces and are being used in illegal ways to continue to displace people, which is a crime, well, there's, a, there's an argument to me that they're part of this and, li- and literally part of the occupation forces, therefore part of the occupation, and therefore they can be involved in their response to it. But again, that's, I'm not, that's, that's a conversation to have. It's an interesting one. My point, though, is that they have a right to armed rebellion in international law. It says the year saw a rise in the number of Palestinians unlawfully killed and seriously injured by Israeli forces during raids in the West Bank. Right? This is the human rights group. So it's clear that it was a very one-sided affair. Administrative detentions of Palestinians hit a 14-year high, which is one of the reasons they're fighting right now to get these people free. And one of the reasons it makes sense that they wouldn't want to hurt hostages because otherwise they would lose one of the primary things they're trying to achieve, which is getting these people back. Doesn't mean that individuals wouldn't do it. Doesn't mean that the group wouldn't decide to. But it should be questioned, especially since we don't have anything but videos and then kind of assumptive, assumptive points and conjecture around it. And I'll get into that later in the part in the show today. And torture and other ill treatment continued. Israeli forces demolished an, an Al Arakib village and the Negev, and, and uh, uh, I think just Negev for the two hundred and eleventh time. Let me read that again. The Israeli forces demolished this village. For the 211th time. I mean, guys, this is obscene. Are we going to pretend like that makes sense at all? These people have been displaced, and that's a crime, and the UN stands by that. Even the United States is calling that out today. And 211 times they have destroyed this village. Okay, but yeah, but but only one side, right? A further 35 Palestinian and Bedouin towns in Israel were still denied formal recognition. And that's the point. Even though they try, they just deny it. And then eventually they come in and go, hey, you don't have a permit. Get out of the way. We'll just, well, you destroy your home or we'll pay or you have to pay us for us to destroy it. That's what happens. And it says residents face possible forcible transfer right on the human rights group's post. Authorities failed to process asylum claims for thousands of asylum seekers and impose restrictions on their right to work. And it goes on with a hell of a lot more crazy information. But are we, are we denying this is the reality, guys? Anybody telling you otherwise is a liar or wildly uninformed or a really bad person. Now, Muhammad Shihada points out some interesting points. And again, there's links in here. There's information. Look it up for yourself. But most of this stuff is easily verifiable. As he writes out, everything Israel accuses Palestinians of doing, often falsely, it had openly done way worse to establish and maintain the Israeli state. He goes, e.g. blowing up cafes, buses, which, by the way, is historically documented. Human shields, celebrating civilians' deaths, glorifying terrorists, hiding weapons in civilian areas in general. So it goes on to make a list here. Terrorism was a tactic of Zionist militias openly used to establish Israel. Don't forget, we just played one of the historians that were speaking on this, who was a Jew, who is from the area and, and is now speaking about the fact that he knows that Zionists were involved with creating the terror attacks that they used to justify taking the territory or other areas or displacement and on and on and on. I forget his name off the top of my head. He's the guy with the white hair. He's a prominent uh, um, intellectual or a... a was I think he was a uh, a teacher, but anyway, the point is, he spoke of his own knowledge of people he knew that he talked to growing up that told that said on the record that these people were Israeli agents with Zionism agents and their Zionist agents, and that they knowingly false carried out false attacks on Jews to justify what happened. 
Now, just, just because I don't have it up in front of me, the point is everyone doesn't want to believe it's going to say that's not real without any effort to try to look it up. And my point was, wasn't meant I didn't have it up, brought up today. Otherwise, I would have brought it up. <laughs> you guys know on the show, I often pull in things that I thought that pop into my head. The point is that shouldn't they care to find out? It's not, it's not their responsibility to prove what I'm saying. But nonetheless, the point is that this is easily proven, historically proven. Blowing up cafes, buses, crowded markets is one of their favorite strategies. This list only shows uh, the Ergun terrorist bombings in 37 to 39. Now, my point is what we're talking about is Zionists, very clearly. Even three decades after Israel was founded, the IDF, or the Israeli Defense Ministry, continued to use terrorism to combat, or for combat. Defense Ministry Sharon used to blow up cars, bikes, booby-trapped donkeys, and crowded civilian areas in Lebanon only. Now, by the, by the way, I, I'm going to revisit the the video of Golda Meir talking, where I've played many times about that they're you know that we used to be Palestine. Because it's interesting, in that old interview, which I haven't revisited in a long time, she talks about things like this. Talks about possibly taking down airplanes and talking you're know, using this for certain political means. It's openly discussed in parts in history. Now, human shields, this is important. Israel's forces systematically use Palestinian individual citizens, including children, as human shields. They call it the neighbor protocol or bringing a friend. Meanwhile, Amnesty never found any evidence of Palestinian militants taking human shields at gunpoint. Right? What an important point, right? Do anybody have any thoughts? Is that a fake news story? Oh, it's just screenshots, right? It must be fake. Well, let's, let's look at their own post. This is directly from Amnesty International. 2009. Israel Gaza operation, 22 days of death and destruction. Now, obviously, you could argue that it might have changed, right? But the point is that the, there's reports going forward. And the reality being that we're still talking about the same ideological battle, the resistance in the resist, resistance mind. And that's what Vanessa talks about a lot. She doesn't believe these people even allow things like this to happen because they don't believe in it. Now, that doesn't mean that individuals might that might not or that the idea that there would be people involved that might do it for somebody else's best interest, like Israel or the United States. But let's make this clear. Is the Amnesty International reported plainly, contrary to repeated allegations by Israeli officials, even at the time, right, where they were telling that's what they're doing and that justifies their bombing or justifies their actions or justifies their criticizing of them, despite repeated allegations to the contrary by Israeli officials, of the use of human shields. Amnesty International found no evidence, found no evidence that Hamas or Palestinian fighters directed the movement of civilians to shield military objectives from attacks. It found no evidence that Hamas or other armed groups forced residents to stay in or around buildings used by fighters, nor that fighters prevented residents from leaving buildings or areas which had been commandeered by militants. Shouldn't that end the conversation? The point is, right then, immediately following, they said, that's not true, and they continued to use that narrative. Despite the group that investigated telling you they found zero evidence to make that case. It's just amazing to have this continues. And the point is, you have the other articles here. Israeli soldiers who used Palestinian boy, nine years old, as a human shield, avoided jail. You'll never see this written today. 12 years old, The Guardian. So are we still pretending like that's a fake story? I'd love those people to come in the chat. Palestinians, nine-year-old Palestinian boy used it as a human shield and they let him off because that's what typically happens. All this is posted in his tweet. It's amazing, isn't it? So who exactly is doing this? 
Well, we know it's their policy. They have a stated policy you can read about in the articles I have listed right here. Neighbor protocol. They bring a child with them so they have somebody in front of them when they're confronting other Palestinians. But that's okay because they're all terrorists, right? That child. That's the mentality of these people. Or the ones defending it. Here are celebrating Israelis. Celebrating civilian deaths. There's many examples of this. Security minister was at the, this party, you're looking at it, they're dancing, where settlers literally celebrated the burning of a Palestinian baby, 18 months old, by a fellow settler. Israelis were handing out wine two days ago to celebrate the bombing of Gaza. Today, they're celebrating. Which again, you, you can agree with or not, but don't pretend like it's only a one-sided thing where you're upset and outraged about how terrible it is that Iranians or anybody around the world are celebrating or, protect, or uh, I guess they're still celebrating the fact that Palestinians are fighting for their freedom. Or you could argue they're, fight, they're celebrating the death. Whatever you, you, you can decide for yourself, but don't pretend like it's not happening routinely on the other side. And he points this out here. I think that was down here, actually. Or maybe not. This is the other one. Now, this is this again, this Israelis are celebrating the killing of a 13 of 13 Palestinians, four children, five women and a medical doctor. This is from May 9th. Then the last time we talked about this, they're handing out wine, dancing and laughing about the death and destruction with shirt tags that read death to terrorists. Because they're talking about civilians, guys, we're talking about civilians. Then he goes on to talk about child soldiers which we've talked about before. Israel's security minister brags that his mother was a member of the militant terrorist organization Ergun when she was only 14. Ergun was considered a terrorist organization by the U.S., the U.N., the U.K., and on and on. Hamas's officials recruited eight, recruitment age is 18. Now, of course, they could lie about that, right? But shouldn't we need evidence to make these claims? We really should, right? Now, I'm sure you could make... There's points people point at. My point, the point is to simply show you... <clears throat> That what they're being accused of is something that is a policy of a nuclear power that is supported by other nuclear powers. And that should matter. Executing collaborators. All Israeli militias that formed the IDF regularly executed collaborators with the British. Or leaders who were too moderate and wanted reconciliation with the Palestinians. Right? That's why it's really never really been about Judaism. It's about a Zionist control of the area. Jacob Israel Dehan was executed by the Hung, uh, however you pronounce that, for turning anti-Zionist. I mean, this, this is from Haaretz. Assassinations, terror attacks, and even castration. The hidden actions of Israel's pre-state militia. Now you can, the point is, there's so much to get into. These are all, most of these are corporate articles, guys. They're not hard to prove. But yet, for some crazy reason, people can't wrap their mind around the obvious stated reality. Well, we know why. It's politics. Glorifying terrorists, just like we're seeing in Ukraine, right? Israel's government named tens of streets after Ergun, the group that was previously considered a terrorist group by the U.S., the U.K., the U.N., who killed innocent people. Not surprising. Hiding weapons in civilian areas, which is what they accuse other sides of all the time as a matter of policy when often we prove that was never the case. Like with the rockets they claim are coming from the rooftops that we've just proven were not and were on the ground. All the Zionist militias that formed Israel's IDF used to hide weapons in cities, towns, farms, homes. There are more than 1,500 known hiding places for their weapons. Israelis continue to discover them until this day. Human shields. The opposite of what the Amnesty International found Palestine was doing. 
Number 10, some Israeli leaders used to openly advocate for literal terrorism. Israeli Prime Minister Shamir, quote, neither Jewish ethics nor Jewish tradition can disqualify terrorism as a means of combat. Now, we're going to show you them saying that today in a different, in different paraphrase. They're paraphrasing it differently. But what they're saying is, well, we, this, they're, act, they're acting like bar barbarians. I forget the word they use, bar barbarians or something. So then, so we have to as well. So first of all, you should ask if that is what they're doing, or again, they're just arguing what they need to to justify their belligerent actions as the Israeli Zionist government. Well, here, by the way, I think I'm like blocked by Jerusalem Post. I think it's hilarious. This is like the third, fourth time this happened to me. Just it, it's, it's just too many requests, so maybe it's just popular, but no matter what I do. But here it is on the Wayback Machine. Just to kind of show you more in this line of thought, this is from 2022. Out of 1,542 IDF sexual assault complaints, just 31 indictments were filed. Not even not even going to not getting charged, just, just indictments, which most of them then later on get, re, get removed. So right now, as they're pointing out all of these crimes about the alleged aspects, which again, even the horrible um, image I used of that woman, I don't know the details, and I, pr I can argue that I, I can prove to you that nobody else does either. They're looking at the image, they can see blood on her pants, and they're assuming. And look, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it looks terrible, and I agree. It looks like that woman was abused. And I, if, if that was Hamas, which again, I don't know why we think we can prove that right now, then that's terrible, and that person should go to jail, just like anybody that would commit that crime. I'm not trying to ignore the problems on either side, but the point is, it should matter that we know these things, not just that, well, therefore they're terrorists, so therefore we know what they did, even though that's not true in regard to being a terrorist. It's interesting, and we'll get there in a second. My point, though, as you can see, they've released their figures of sexual assault for 2020, including 26 cases of rape, 291 obscene acts, and 92 cases of disturbing photos and videos of, you know, people that are forced and detained. Think about that, and then ask yourself whether what we're seeing today is something other than what we're being told. Now, just again, to include them, here is Amnesty International, Israel's apartheid against Palestinians. Here is the Human, right, Human Rights Watch, Israel authorities, and the crimes of apartheid and persecution. Here is Beth Selim, a regime of Jewish supremacy from the Jordan River to Mediterranean Sea, which is an Israeli human rights group. Now, here is the kind of weird dynamic we're seeing where people somehow only can see a problem on one side of this which is really mind-blowing to me. And I think we need to take stock of the kind of people that are either unable to wrap their mind around this or choose not to. Now, first, when I saw this, I thought, okay, she's talking about people that are ignoring the killing on either side. Here's what she says. You know who celebrates the killing and torture of humans? Psychopath. I'm like, okay, yeah, exactly. Anybody doing that anywhere is a psychopath, right? Well, she goes, well, you know who watches war crimes and acts of terror being committed and says good for them fighting back? Psychopaths. Well, so you can see the point. Good for them for fighting back. So she's clearly talking about Palestine, which is what she says down here. Okay, but are you really incapable of recognizing exactly what you're saying goes both ways? I'm going to go into showing you all the celebration that we just talked about of them celebrating both the killing of them or the bombing of Gaza. But of course, in her mind, that's different because they're all terrorists, right? This, people's minds are broken on this topic. It blows me away. Civilians, millions of them exist there regardless of your childish opinion on who they are. So yeah, when they celebrate the bombing of those areas, they're psychopaths. But you don't want to talk about it. It's only a one-sided game here. Or watching war crimes. You mean like the illegal invasions of the U.S. government? You mean like the illegal occupations of the U.S. government? Illegal bombings of the U.S. government? Or the continued illegal actions of Israel? Or the continued illegal actions of France or the U.K.? I guess we don't care about any of those war crimes and watching them happen. 
selective outrage because people are children. Yeah, psychopaths do that. So I guess you're a psychopath. Goes on to say, you know who sees horrific footage of dead naked bodies and captured children and says it's justified because their people do bad things too. Yeah, that's literally what's being stated from an Israeli perspective right now, guys. It's amazing they can't wrap their mind around that. But either way, anybody doing that from any side is disgusting. If people are looking at children and civilians being killed or raped or beat up or whatever we're talking about on either side, that should be disgusting. That should be disdained. They should be called out exactly for, there are the, exactly the problem they're pointing out. And that's what she's doing. And she goes, I think you know by now. Of course, only Palestinians in her mind. But can we not see how staggeringly out of touch, unaware that is, lacking of self-awareness? Only one side is bad. Anybody who is honest about this topic right now, who is, who is aware of what Palestine is fighting for, is actively trying to fight for international law, is acting, trying to fight for the idea of human rights. And, they're, and none of them, in my opinion, are going to say that's OK because they did bad things, too. Somebody doing that should be called out for that. But this is the only part of the argument they want you to see, that that's what's happening. There's only terrorists and then freedom fighters. When typically you can flip a coin, it's the other way around. It's all about how you frame it. Right. That's how the, the people don't care. And the next person says, you mean like this? And simply shows hostages safe, which it, Vanessa's pointed out many examples of that, which then doesn't mean that there aren't hostages elsewhere that are being taken advantage of. And also, just because we see images of them being safe doesn't mean that they are. Right. We need to be objective about all of this. But the simple point is that there are examples of captives that are not that are being held. And the point is, well, if you're arguing that they're. I'm basically trying to prove that she's wrong about what she's saying. And she goes on to say, like that, not only is it false, but even if it wasn't, she thinks it's acceptable to kidnap these women. Okay, so you are unable to wrap your mind around the fact that there are thousands of innocent women and children detained in Israel right now? Or the fact that the United States government has continually, routinely over the years, put people in places like Guantanamo or the torture prisons in Yemen that they work with the UAE? Don't, do we don't care about any of those things? Okay, so selective outrage. Got it. Only when it matters in the political thing that TV tells you to care about. Got it. And how do you know these things aren't real? Because you don't want them to be? It goes on to say, did you say that one were, one were are the unarmed teenager calling out to his friend who was shot by the IDF, went over and tried to help him, and they got shot too? Was that, the, what, was, what, that was a great one, wasn't it? And he goes, what was the point you're trying to make? Obviously, you know, and it says, are these people decrying atrocities happening in Israel right now? Didn't seem to have much to say when it was being done to Palestinians. Why is that? Crickets. This is the problem, because I think either the point is that brings it to the point where she's going to have to admit that they don't matter or they're all terrorists. And she knows somewhere in her broken mind that those things aren't real, because the real point is I hate these people because that's not that's who we're supposed to hate, whether it's Russians that day or Chinese or Russian or whatever. Said it both, said it twice. My point simply is that this is a, a concept that should apply to anybody. But it's only being applied one way. So here's one for saying, happening now, pro-regime Iranians, which of course they mean Palestinians, are celebrating Hamas's brutality. Is that what they're doing? I don't see a Hamas flag anywhere. I see Palestinian flags. I see them celebrating the fact that people are fighting for their independence legally through the Geneva Conventions. And then it, apparently there are some people that are breaking the law by shooting civilians, which, by the way, has happened in every single war that the U.S. government has ever been involved in. It's not to justify anything. 
is simply to point out that that happens in the wars we pretend are righteous. So why does it make a difference? Why, why is it now somehow unprecedented that it might have happened in the cases you're pointing at? And I only say that because, I'm again, some of these cases are provable. But there's a lot of these things flying around that are being shown to be false, that are being shown to be not what they said it was. And yet we don't ask whether there's more going on. Or I'm going to get into a point today about the weird overlap of the, play, the groups they're pointing at saying, look at all these Hamas members doing X, Y, and Z. And they're like, wait a minute, aren't those Israeli uniforms? Aren't they exactly the same, which that's not what Hamas wears? Wait a minute. Nobody cares. But the point is they're celebrating with Palestinian flags, which you would expect because they support Palestine. But of course, to anybody who is a blind partisan follower, they're going to be like, they're celebrating rape and murder because that's what Fox News said or Tucker told you or CNN. That's how this works. This account simply points out exactly how Israelis celebrate the bombing of Gaza and the West Bank. Exactly. Different sides of the same ugly coin. And there's a clip here if you want to watch it, you know, the same point, talking about how many Palestinians have been displaced, how many villages have been destroyed. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And just to show you this point, oh, and then this, this point was what I was mentioning before. It's more about this follow-up point, but just so we're showing you what we're coming off of, Dave Rubin points out, a moral society. So what you're looking at is Israeli soldiers singing their national anthem before their deployment. A, a moral society sending its young to defend against the modern Nazi movement. Really? And you're the one making fun of somebody asking for peace on both sides? The modern Nazi? You're talking about Palestine? I mean, I, again, I am blown away. I might have left it here. Let me see. I thought I did. Let me. I, I'm probably going to repeat myself when I do this, but I, I want. I, since I'm talking about it, I'm going to read what I replied to him. I am really blown away by how... Here, I'll just read it myself. It's amazing how otherwise objective and rational people, as it appears anyway, can completely lose all objectivity and perception and, and perspective when it comes to Occupy Palestine. I mean, quite frankly, I see Dave Rubin, as much as I don't agree with some of the things he would say, I, I see, he seems as a rational person. But my God, no one should cheer civilian deaths anywhere. And everyone committing such acts should be charged. But you are lost on this, man. I mean... <laughs> It's just, it's, un, it's almost, it's almost a little bit disconcerting to see that and wonder whether these people are liars. Like, how can you think that? How can you call what's going on in Palestine, the modern Nazi movement, while you are literally funding Ukrainian neo-Nazis and acting? I mean, it just, it, it kind of blows my mind, to be honest. But this person follows up and says, well, remember when you condemned Israel, Israel getting children to sign bombs and when Israelis gathered on the hillsides to celebrate the bombing, which is exactly what actually happened, like it's all some big parade because that's how they treat it. Well, let's talk about that. It's mind-blowing. <clears throat> in 2014, when the Israeli regime bombarded Gaza in Surat, Israelis placed their sofas, and they still do, by the way, and they're on the hills and overlooked Gaza and drank alcohol. They had popcorn and celebrated. It's been written about, and they celebrated it. According to The Guardian, houses with a war view were sold at high price. Why? Because they wanted to see the bombings. This is not just the opinion of this post, guys. This, as I've shown you many times, people with drinks and snacks and pose for selfies with a background of dying Palestinians. That's what they're talking about. It's, undis it's disgusting. And in case you still want to pretend this is false, this is them just pointing out the same image, and this person says, keep telling yourself the lies. Right, because this is, wasn't written about. Or you can literally play 
this clip where you can hear them cheering like they're at a football game. And you can see another rocket going in from Israel, slowly making its way, presumably a precision-guided missile coming into the northern part of the Gaza Strip, and it seems as though the bombardment has been very much in Beit Lahia. Now, the sound that you are hearing here, we're on the top of a hill, and I think you can probably see there are lots of Israelis gathered around who are cheering when they see these kinds of Israeli strikes. And it is a, a, an astonishing, macabre, and an awful thing, really, to watch this display of fire in the, in the air. But really, it is what is going on in the ground, Wolf, that is significant. CNN has removed this correspondent from covering the Palestine conflict and reassigned her to Moscow on Friday, a day after she tweeted that Israelis threatening her and cheering at the bombing of Gaza were scum. What do you know? Somebody who dares to point out that they're celebrating death gets removed because that's not the narrative we're supposed to spin. We're supposed to hide this from people because that's how we play this game. Israelis on a hill above Surat cheer as bombs land on Gaza, threaten to destroy our car if I say a wrong, if I say a word wrong. These are the good guys? Realize there's bad guys like this on every side of every conflict, guys. But the point is that these are people Israelis, not military personnel, random Israelis who are cheering the death of of civilians on the other side. So in no way is this meant to justify crimes of any kind on either side. But you can understand why people in Gaza who see this might have a little bit of hate towards civilians. Does not justify it or condone it. Never will. And no violence should be accepted. The point is that this is something they threatened her as a journalist if she said the wrong thing. So they know that they're hiding this. So outwardly, they're covering up their story because they know what they're doing is wrong, at least in our eyes. Think about that for a second. Kind of mind-blowing. But, but apparently it's all fake news, according to people telling you it's fake news on Twitter because that's where the, the screenshots come from, right? Well, here is another person saying, 137 war crimes, proudly claimed. What's he talking about? Well, the fact that they fired 137 rockets. Let me get this straight. So when Israel fires rockets, it's defense. But when they fire them either first or in response, that's a war crime. Okay, that makes sense, even though that's an occupied territory. Okay, or even though they've been at war or even though they just declared war. So anytime they fire, it's a war crime. That seems like a fair back and forth. Or how about with the same thing in Ukraine? Every time Russia fires, you get 14 articles about how terrible it was. (laughs) It's a war, guys. They're going to fire at each other. I'm not saying we should accept it or justify it, but it's simply the reality. Book in. This is the kind of black and white or rather, you know, con- completely willfully ignorant situation that we see. This person just says, seriously? And he goes, I don't have an Insta, sorry. But yeah, seriously, announcing that you fired 130 rockets at civilian towns and, milita- and not military targets, just literally aimed at civilians, is literally proudly claiming 137 war crimes. Well, is that what's happening? I'm not aware of what they're aiming at or even get, we're getting limited. I mean, remember, even the Israeli government, according to Israelis, are being lied to. Their own government is saying, we're withholding information. What are they covering up? I really don't know. But the point is, we don't really have the full picture. But what we do know is that they routinely, for 75 years, bomb civilian areas. He didn't care about that. So when they do this in response, again, same point. It shouldn't be condoned. But uh, you understand the dynamic, especially when you get to a position where people are in this long-term occupation and they're desperate and nobody cares what they're going through. Nobody wants to fight for them. And every time they do something, they go, that's the wrong thing. Again, in no way is that justifying violence. 
But that's the kind of thing people talk about, and it gets framed as people allowing this or acting like it was going to happen no matter what. Well, it's not. The, it's never meant to justify violence. But the point is, if people are oppressed, violence ends up happening. I mean, that's just the historical reality. So pointing out that basic understanding of history is not any way to justify or allow or say it was a good thing. But he says, I don't have, or this person says, yes, Israelis are so much more civilized as they celebrate the bombing of Palestinian mosques in mass. This fantasy that Israelis are the victims here is just that. Should Gaza have attacked a school? Absolutely not. Doesn't cleanse Israel's hands. See, there are objective people out there that can recognize bad things when they see them without pretending like only one side matters. And then pretending like when you do it in reverse, if that does happen, that you're unrealistic and unprecedented. It's just, it's, and the point is people doing that, they know they're lying in most cases. Like we're talking about these people who are threatening her to not say the wrong thing because they know what they're doing is wrong, at least in our eyes. Now, here is Al- Alan McLeod. Again, which seems to happen in almost every conflict with the Israeli government, reports of them using white phosphorus on the civilian population. Banned under international law, white phosphorus burns anything it touches, including human skin. Here's the example of it, which does to me look like white phosphorus. Pretty sure that's one of the only things that looks like that. And realize, even under the argument that they need that for signaling, it is not allowed over civilian populations in any context. That's a war crime, but add it to the growing list. And for those that pretend like this is a fake news story, I didn't see this one. Uh, oh, oh, wait, this is a... Uh, hold on. Just, I don't want to show something terrible in case it's really that bad. Well, I think this you need to see this. We've got worse things on the show today. So, again, a lot of stuff to be... There's gra- graphic images today in general, so be aware of that. What he's showing you here as we're losing connection all of a sudden. There we go. Is this is what it looks like. And, you know, there's more examples of these kind of civilian areas being bombed. And this is what the white phosphorus does to children. And these are people in Gaza, guys. It's happened many times. And again, for those that are right now going fake news, well, here you go. Human Rights Watch. Israel's unlawful use of white phosphorus in Gaza. It's all, all this stuff is easily verifiable. All that happens is they go, oh, now Human Rights Watch, they're anti-Semites. Except when they say the thing you like, and then you say that thing is the right thing. Now, here's an interesting point. He also points out from yesterday photos that capture the moment when Israeli airstrike destroys a university college. You know, because terrorists, right? No, this is civilian. This is civilian territory. This is collective punishment. And they said they were going to do this. One more war crime in a long series. But to me, that looks interesting, interestingly similar to something that might be at least an or I mean, it's usually different. We usually comes down from the sky in, in my experience. But I just find it interesting that it looks. But in any case, it is a civilian college, like everything else we're seeing today. And here's the video of it. No, with the whole video, it doesn't look so much like white phosphorus. But the point is simply a civilian area, and nobody seems to care. Now, let's get into the equivocation of it all, right? So as they're pretending that anybody acting like there are civilians in Gaza are somehow supporting terrorism, we're going to find the equally, ex- well, I shouldn't say equally because that, well, I got it. Yeah, that is the e- an equally ridiculous thing in reverse because that's ridiculous to pretend that saying there are civilians there is supporting what they say are terrorists. It's, it's absurd. There are civilians there and it's easy to prove. But it's interesting how the reverse of this is this, like we're saying that they're all terrorists. And no matter what you do, that's all terrorists and they're all terrorist supporters. These people are advocating genocide and acting like they're the good ones. 
They're the altruistic people fighting for freedom. There's so many grifters out there, guys. It's incredible. Here's what Laura Loomer had to say. The people in Gaza were given plenty of time to evacuate. Right there, guys. Liar. You are either too stupid to know that's not true or you don't care. Both probably, in my opinion. But the bottom line is that's these people are in a prison. They're not allowed to leave. If the, if the United Nations and human rights groups can break that down, let's, let's pretend like she's not aware of that. But this is called, what's, what's the best word for it? You, you are whitewashing war crimes and murder for a political agenda. It's a good person. Israel is going to burn it to the ground today, she says. And it will be uninhabitable, which is the way it should be. I think she overstepped here, guys. I mean, she is showing her true colors. Does it, I mean, is anybody actually outwardly saying that it should be, it should be a, a desert? Well, maniacs, yeah. I mean, just think about how crazy that is. Millions of civilians. Watch today, she says, for jihadist sympathizers online who cry about human rights violations and genocide. That's her trying to get ahead of what she knows this is. I mean, how do you get around this? It's an illegal occupation. Because her point is that it's never existed, that it was a desert before Israel made it bloom, you know, the whole fake story they push, and that everyone there is a terrorist. So with that false childlike narrative, everything she says makes, makes sense in her mind. But if it's obviously an occupied territory as maintained by the United Nations, and Geneva Conventions do give them the right to armed rebellion, how exactly do you make sense of that? Or the idea that you can prove that it's one of the most civilian populated areas in the world. And yet we're not supposed to ask and cry about human rights or genocide, despite the fact that almost every group that matters in the world has been telling you that they've been committing genocide or that they're an apartheid state. You're on the wrong side of this, Loomer, but I don't think you care and you don't think you ever have. These people are terrorist enablers, she says. So people asking about human rights are terrorist enablers. Think about that, that mental gymnastics. These people think Hamas has a right to murder Jews. Oh, who does exactly? Anybody saying that there are Palestinian civilians being killed somehow now think Hamas is right to murder Jews? And where did, why did it become about Jews? Well, because they're trying to make this only about Jews and relating it to the Holocaust. I mean, that's how they, this whole thing, look, you could make arguments all you want. There are people in Israel that aren't Jews that are being affected by this, but apparently you don't care about them. And you could point out that there are Jews all over the world that are affected by what Israel and the U.S. government do around the world, but nobody cares about this overlap. To, to anybody arguing that anybody has a right to murder anybody should be called out for it. And that's what I'm doing right now, because that's what you're doing, Laura, justifying the murder of civilians in Gaza. It's amazing how these people can't recognize they're literally doing what they claim other people are doing. Hey, what is that called? Accuse them of that which you are guilty. Classic. And she says, and that Israel doesn't have a right to wipe out Hamas and their supporters, which she means all of Palestine, which she'll go on to say. Well, first of all, what do you mean they don't have a right to wipe out Hamas? I mean, we can get in, we're going to get into a point today about what Hamas is and how we can prove that there be some overlap with Israel funding and creating it. But whether that is what they are today, we can decide for ourselves. So they create this entity and then they have the right to wipe them out. But the point is that there are people in that that are elected, whether you like them or not. And to argue that they have the right to just wipe them out? I mean, isn't, are we pretending this is a democracy? <laughs> At what point do human rights even matter? I mean, even in the context of international of wars that the U.S. has waged, despite them violating human rights as well, they at least pretended to care about the rights of even people to get arrested. But now we're going, we're, screw that, we're past that. If we want to kill them, they're bad guys, kill them. 
And that's the right thing to do, says Laura. If all of the Islamic neighboring nations care about the people in Gaza so much, then they can open their borders and take them. Oh, the people that Israel won't let leave? I mean, guys, this is childishly ignorant or absolutely whitewashing war crimes. But both. It really is. They're not allowed to leave. It's a provable fact. Why exactly? I mean, ask yourself why you think they can cut off the water and the power and everything else, and yet somehow people can just breeze out and go somewhere else. It's the most stupid argument in this conversation. They are trying to pretend like they have the option to leave, so when they murder them all, that it's they're just going to say, well, they had the choice, and now they're enablers. They're, they're jihadist enablers because they stayed there. But not even the neighboring Islamic nations want those people, she says. That's not true. That's, I mean, right now, there is even discussions. There is this whole normalization that's been forced on all these areas. Forced, and I do mean forced. But now Saudi Arabia has pulled back. Even though Biden's trying to aggressively keep it going because he wants it for his, new, his potential re-election. But Saudi Arabia just put a whole pause on all of that because of what's happening in Palestine. These groups, despite their siding with different political sides, have been very clear, most of them, about the fact that they side with the Palestinians. But going past the governments, almost every single na- grouping of peoples in these, go- in these nations are outwardly in support of Palestine. Look at Egypt, for example. They've already got a normalization deal with Israel, but there's almost an overwhelming anti-Israeli sentiment in Egypt. Why? Because they see what's happening. I mean, just because that they have a normalization deal does not mean they're more ideologically, that they're not more ideologically aligned with Palestine, and they are. So when they watch the people getting murdered, it bothers them. But she goes, that's the, that's the elephant in the room, right? <laughs> what? The elephant in the room is that you think that other countries don't want them even though they do? Are you just making things up? Yeah, that seems to be what she kind of does. Nobody wants them because they behave like barbaric wild animals. And they are very violent people who teach their kids to murder Jews. My God, these people are the most ignorant people on the planet. You are a disgusting human being. I'm sorry I lose my cool sometimes. People like this. You're literally pretending that every single Palestinian is a wild animal. And I mean, think about the overlap. If somebody gives a a sideward glance towards somebody that they think is a protected entity, they lose their minds and say that you actually want to murder these people. In any sense, whether they're talking about Ukrainians, whether they're talking about Russians, whether they're talking about Jews, any of it. They freak out. But when they come out and literally say they are wild animals and they should be put down, somehow that's allowed? Guys, these are bad people. I don't care if you agree with their general sentiment. Saying something like that makes you a disgusting human being. And then she goes on to say, after all of that, today will be a great day for justice. (laughs) My God. You know why? Because she's talking about what he just said. No electricity, no food, no fuel. We are fighting human animals and we'll act accordingly. No, you are human animals if you're acting like this. And I'm only talking about the Zionist government that chooses to kill people because they decide to that day because of X, Y, and Z. But but, but, but democracy, though. Let's, let's Let's not forget democracy, though, right? Unbelievable. Well, here's Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East showing you some of these disgusting sentiments that are being shared by the good guys. Obliterate Gaza. Wipe it out. Palestine will be a parking lot. Bulldoze Gaza into the Mediterranean. Turn Gaza into the moon. But if you even say things like this to a fraction of the degree about Israel, you're a terrible terrorist and you're going to get, you know, I mean, this, you know how this works. But you can look at these yourself. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's unreal. And some of, there's a lot of people that we're doing that I think we're doing good work in COVID. People like, uh, where was one that stood out to me? I oh, like Dr. David Eli. 
I mean, I, I, I've been promoting, uh, I even shared one of his tweets today. Uh, uh, um, was it Lev? Uh, I'll forget his name now. I think I have one of his tweets up. But a lot of these people that are still doing good work on COVID but are coming out and, and saying the most ex- disgusting things in regard to Palestinians. Makes me sad. But you can look at these. Enjoy the drones and helicopter gunships. If Hamas can't finish what they started, then reap what they sow. So this is calling for violence, right? I mean, guys, I could go on. This You, you should look through this. It's obscene. Calling for death, calling for murder, calling for killing everybody. And Twitter doesn't care. Now, since I just said that first, let's go here next. Or was it? Oh, wait, did I, is it somewhere? I guess it's further down. I should have put it right there. Anyway, there's a, there's a tweet that I'm going to get to about how Yaccarino is, you know, just, just told, told us that we weren't supposed to be doing this and they just let it happen because that's how that works, right? Whoever is of that, you can scream about Russians all, all day long until we decide to switch. And no, now you can scream about Palestinians and that's okay. You're, it's the one you're allowed to hate today. It's just, it's just, it's insulting to our intelligence. Here's Pelham saying, as Israel government has cut the fuel and power to Gaza, there's no way to escape. Hundreds of thousands of children are about to be sacrificed at the hands of Israel and cheered on by bloodthirsty people like Laura Loomer. The massacre will be, not be stopped. The massacre will not be televised. Now, here's a clip from Abby Martin showing you the 25-mile area that, in, that, in, that, in, that, forced, that, that 2 million people are forced to exist in. Is only 25 miles long and about Gaza Strip is only 25 miles long and about five miles wide. Two million Palestinians live packed into this tiny space, one of the most densely populated places in the world. Half are children. Many live in refugee camps speckled throughout the besieged territory. A stunning 80% of the population relies on foreign aid. Aptly called an open-air prison, there are only two ways to leave the enclosed area. The Rez crossing into Israeli territory and the Rafah crossing, which goes to Egypt. Both are completely controlled by hostile militaries. At the, the point not the miss right there is that they tr- people try and they just won't let them. Right. It, it, they're military checkpoints where they're not they have to get a permit, first of all, to even leave. And then they don't let it happen, especially when they're in a situation like now. Right. So to pretend like they can just breeze out and go to Egypt, they won't let it happen. They're not allowed to in normal times, especially not when it's completely locked down like this. But let's pretend like they could just walk away because Netanyahu said we're going to bomb every corner of Gaza. What he did was pretend he gave him an out and then. And, and let people think that was what's happening and then went on to bomb an area where there were millions of civilians. And they knew that, guys. What Israel calls a border is actually a heavily militarized perimeter fence comprised of barbed wire, surveillance networks, and lethal no-go zones. If you roam too close to the so-called no-go zone, which extends 300 meters out from the fence, Israeli forces have authorized themselves to shoot to kill. Thousands of unarmed Palestinians have been shot for violating this rule in 2018 alone. The same goes for Gaza's coastline. It is the only place in the world where you can't even flee by boat, as refugees elsewhere often do. Fishermen are restricted to only a few nautical miles from their shore. Strain past that, even by accident, you can be blown out of the water by Israeli warships. 
massive seawall in the north and south, currently being extended, boxes them into their small sliver of sea. This violence is compounded by an economic blockade that imposes a chokehold of poverty on Gaza, resulting in one of the highest unemployment rates in the world, according to the World Bank. 70% of the youth are unemployed, with 52% for the general population. And yet they blame it on them. Every single aspect of it. And, and what, you, what she gets into later in that, in that breakdown is that this, the, the, in, the, in, the mer- the, in the ocean, they're obviously fishing is a huge source of, of food for the Palestinians. They're supposed to be allowed to go a certain way out based on international law, based on different resolutions. And yet, not only do they not give them that area, they randomly change the allowance. Just like I think it was Vanessa that was saying where they have automatic guns, where they just randomly change how far they will shoot. And you don't know. They have randomly changing areas where if one day it's 30 miles, one day it's five. And you don't know and they don't tell anybody. And if you happen to go past it, they just shoot you. So now you got these Gazans out there that are trying to survive and feed themselves because you can barely get enough to eat or drink in this area. And yet you may end up just getting shot because you're fishing that day. It really is that disgusting, guys. And yeah, it really is that simple. And the point is that this has always been the way it is. Now, here is Jonathan Cook responding to that in general, or everybody talking about this. He says, no one really cared. While Gaza's Palestinians were subjected to a blockade imposed by Israel that denied them the essentials of life. The few dozen Israelis being held hostage by Hamas fighters pale in comparison to the two million Palestinians held hostage by Israel in an open-air prison for nearly two decades. Now, I would argue right now, even Cook is not saying that it doesn't matter that there are civilians taken, whether it's a few dozen or a hundred, or that if they are killed or attacked or abused, that that should that that they shouldn't be held accountable. I, I can promise you that's not what he means. But what he's trying to show you is that the, you have to consider. If you care about the fact that there's hostage taken by Hamas, then why don't you care about the civilians that have been held by Israel for decades? I mean, you just can't pretend like they're not the same thing. No one really cared when it emerged that Gaza's Palestinians had been put on a starvation diet by Israel. Only limited food was allowed in, calculated to keep the population barely fed. And this is even while groups like the U.S. and others were sending aid, as it always has been happened, always has been happening for a very long time. As we'll get into today, people that are just discovering this conversation are like, Biden sent aid right before. It's like, what has been happening? Trump did. It's been happening for a long time. To pretend like that translated into what happened is really stupid. But we'll get there in a second. But the point is, people send lots of stuff and it doesn't make it to them. Israel does it what they want with it. They'll sell it. They'll give it to other people. And they pretend like they're giving it to the Gazan people. And then acting like they're squandering their resources. It's easy to prove. And the UN will make it clear. But it says no one really cared when Israel bombed the coastal enclave every few years, killing many hundreds of Palestinian civilians each time. Israel simply called it mowing the lawn. Look it up. My point is hundreds every time. But now we're we're, we're, we're outraged about hundreds on one side only, even though there's over 600 now that have been killed on the Palestinian side. Civilians, guys. The destruction of vast areas of Gaza. What Israeli generals boasted of as returning the enclave to the Stone Age. That's my point, guys. It's all public. They boast and proudly say these things. Was formalized as a military strategy known as the Daya Doctrine. 
No one really cared when Israeli snipers turned ner targeted nurses, youngsters, and people in wheelchairs who came out to protest against their imprisonment by Israel. We just showed you the Canadian doctor that was shot. Many thousands were left as amputees after those snipers received orders to shoot the protesters indiscriminately in the leg or ankles. Like we showed you the clip from the, which actually is playing on the opening of my video today, before it starts, of the sniper shooting a child and cheering about it. Western concerns... Western concerns concern at the deaths of Israeli civilians at the hands of Palestinian fighters is hard to stomach. That's what he's saying. Have not many hundreds of Palestinian children died over the past 15 years in Israel's repeated bombing campaigns on Gaza? Did their lives not count as much as Israeli lives? And if so, why not? Fair point. But people don't want to hear it. They're just going to call him a terrorist. Well, as I said, right up here, you know, no, the rules haven't changed. Just been high, just been pretend, pretending like they are because they want people to think this is new. But here's an interesting point. This person deleted their post, by the way, because of what I asked. I forget what exactly it said, but you can imagine. At pretty much just like everything else we've seen. Just imagine it's Laura Loomer's tweet, okay? Saying, you're crazy, they're all terrorists, and we should kill them all, okay? So I asked him, what if I told you that Robert Inlakesh's family lived there? Would you care then? Would it, would it change your mind about whether you should indiscriminately bomb or turn it into a parking lot? Because those that are quibbling about the fact that when I say indiscriminate bombing and they go, you're a conspiracy theorist, they're, they're targeted specifically killing Hamas. And yet that in the same conversation, people are going, yeah, turn it into a parking lot or he'll tell you we're going to bomb every inch of it. How do you rectify those two things? The point is you don't. They're lying. And people online are trying to convince the bystanders who don't really care enough to think that we're lying about what's really going on, despite, you can, despite the fact that you can hear Netanyahu literally say it himself. That's how this tends to go. But I have bad news for you guys. Robert does have family in Gaza. And two of them have died. His wife's family is in Gaza. And they just found out that two of their family members were murdered when these bombings that are continuing to take place. I asked him today if I could make sure I could tell you guys that, but he's having a hard time with that. And we, his article, which we're, I, we, we decided to put it out tomorrow. He's going to add some more things to it. And we're going to put it out tomorrow. It might mention that, but it's a little early. I mean, they're, they're just found out, but I want you guys to understand that. So for people like Laura Loomer, who are pretending that they're all jihadist sympathizers and terrorists, his family just got killed. So when she's sitting there pretending that they know that, they're liars or too stupid to know the difference. Because these people were family members, random people. They're not Hamas members. They want no part of this. They do want Palestinians to be free, like all of them do. But it's not the same thing as saying they support invasion, murder, anything political for that matter. A lot, predominantly, people live in Gaza are civilians. It's not like I need to prove that. But just recognize how disgusting that makes what people like her are saying. And then to finish with another point she makes, and of course, showing you what Donald Trump is saying, she says, President Trump released a new statement on True Social today about the attacks in Israel. Right, because it's only happening in Israel. We don't worry or care about the ongoing bombings in occupied in Gaza. Just so stupid. Quote, the same people, he says, the same people that raided Israel are pouring into our once beautiful USA. That's really what he just said. Through our totally open southern border. So here now we have the Republicans shamelessly trying to pull in these two stories together so they can make it all the same. So you can pretend now that we have Hamas coming in from the southern border 
and pretend that that means that we're all fighting the same enemy. So let's shut down the southern border. What do you know? It all works out. Guys, this is disgustingly dishonest. And of course, as she says, it's true. Hamas has terror cells everywhere. Well, there's certain there's arguments about whether Hamas has, but I've never seen evidence of any of that. But I can prove to you that there's a hell of a lot more going on in the southern border than just the fact that you pretend it relates to Israel. But this is about trying to connect these things so you can make the Republican narrative as they go into the election about the fact that Trump's the one that's going to save you from Hamas or, you know, a different point in time, MS-13 or a different point in time, maybe China or a different point in time, maybe the Venezuelans. It's funny how the narrative changes when they want it to. Right. But whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll shut down the border for you to protect whoever we want to tell you is the threat in that moment. It's amazing. We can't see through this stuff. But to think that Hamas or that he doesn't know the difference between whoever he thinks is happening in Israel or just anybody brown who's coming in from some place they don't want them to. I mean, really think about how disgusting this is. And then, of course, to you know, coming off of what she just told you about how we're all wrong about this, let's 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 read in you know it, this is <clears throat> from in context. <clears throat> excuse me. Read the uh, the captions. I was trying to think. I couldn't say the word caps. Thinking subtitles, which I guess kind of that works too. I guess, but captions on the video of a Zionist soldier retired, who openly admits, we put Palestinians in cages and killed them. One of us raped a 16-year-old girl. Some of us ran after them with flamethrowers and burned them. This is something you can check for yourself while laughing about it in an interview with an Israeli channel. The events were crazy and horrifying. This was a village rich with, uh, with a rich village that had beautiful houses. Its residents lived like Europeans. He's talking about the Palestinians, guys. And the women of the village used to wear nice clothes. For real, it was a village. One of the soldiers raped a 16-year-old girl. And he's laughing. My God. The events there were horrendous. There was a guy with us, a soldier. He is dead. He was a brutal human being. He took them, Palestinians, put them in cages and killed them. They gathered them in something like a cage and put iron wires around them. They gathered all of the men, sat them on the ground. One of the soldiers got them submachine gun and shot them. He changed his cartridge. What do you think? But we were not like that. That person was different than unusual. They imposed a cover-up. Now, of course, of course, we're going to pretend like that's just the bad apple, except for the ongoing history ever since that continue to show you the same things. Like, let's not forget, we just showed you out of almost 1,600 potential rape allegations, only a few of them that ever even became indictments and almost none of them ever got charged. Seems like a running theme to me or the ongoing reality of how they continue to murder Palestinians in Gaza to this very moment. But let's laugh about a child getting raped or murdering Palestinians. Then he goes on to say they took flamethrowers flamethrowers and ran after the villagers and burned them alive. He's laughing. He's saying, he's saying it's horrible, but he's laughing and no one is allowed to talk about that. Why do you think that is guys? Because they're selling you a, a filtered version of what the history really is like Palestine never existed or they're all terrorists. That's what they're doing. And I mean, the Zionist government because it would be a big scandal. He says,
Oh, it just froze on me. I don't, he says, I don't want to talk about it. He says, in the first three or four months, I was a murderer. This other guy goes on to say. What does it mean? I took no prisoners. In a battle, if someone raised their hands, I didn't arrest them. You hear that? That's, tan- that's traumatized me. I can't get over it until today. Now, what do you think that's because he wanted to do that? If it traumatized him, or do you think he was told to do that? If school kids stood up and raised their hands and saw them that day, I would have killed all of them. These are Zionists on the record about what they did. How many people have you killed this way? I didn't count. I wouldn't be able to know. He laughs. Yeah, maybe it didn't traumatize him. I had 250 bullets in my gun, laughing. And I shot from it and killed everyone. I can't count. Good times. I mean, guys, (laughs) how much do we really need to see? How much do we need to understand? Well, let's talk about some of the things that are happening in Gaza right now. Mass casualties reported as entire neighborhoods in Gaza are being hit by Israeli airstrike. It's not hard to understand. I mean, we don't need to prove this. They're telling you they're doing it. And then weirdly, there's a faction online that acts like it's not happening, despite them literally telling you. But that's kind of how this works. We're never going to allow two-state solution. And you say that and they go, that's a lie. They're fighting for that. And it's Palestinians who won't let it. They just said they'll never allow it. I mean, are you even listening? But here's what we're seeing. These are all civilian areas. And there's some graphic stuff in here, guys, so prepare yourself. A child that looks dead, unfortunately. Guys, this isn't Hamas. These are civilians. These are medics running around helping average civilian people. One small taste of what's happening. Now, I'm just to warn you guys, there's some pretty rough stuff coming up, okay? So first of all, let's just reiterate the fact that they very clearly have said they will, he told them to leave now because they will act everywhere with all the force. And we know they can't leave. They're not, they're not allowed. They'll be shot if they try. And they're telling them we're going to bomb everywhere. So let's not pretend. Let's not put the pretense up about how they're selectively firing on Hamas. They're telling you what they're doing. And we've got all the evidence we can see. There's multiple videos of absolute carpet bombing across the area. Or I'll show you a direct targeting of a massive civilian building. You know, not even talking about the university they just brought down. Where, Where are all the honest people out there? Here's Dr. David Eli. Palestinian terrorists, again, not Hamas, just all Palestinians, will soon learn that you can no longer slaughter Jews and sleep and and like sheeps and remain unpunished. Okay, so why is this suddenly becoming only about Jewish people? Right, I, I understand that there's predominantly Jewish people in Israel, but what I'm saying is that there's a lot more people dying. Gazans, Palestinians are dying all over the place. There are people that aren't Jewish that are in Israel that probably are being affected by this, but they only want to make it about that. Why? 
Well, because this is how you turn this narrative into something specific that people are terrified to talk about. And that's probably why a lot of honest people are running with their head between their legs about trying to talk, you know, whatever the narrative, this thing is with their tail between their legs, trying to run away when they know this is wrong. Now, I'm not in no way as people will try to contort that. And me saying that I agree with anybody anywhere, Jewish or not, being attacked that is not involved in the war, right? We're talking about civilians. But my point is that we're talking about an area that has been continually occupying another area, and there's people that are fighting back from that. Now, ask yourself what, like, I mean, here's the argument I'm kind of making right there is that you could argue that a territory that is occupying and then brings their people into that area would be arguably still an ongoing occupation. And they're just stupid enough to bring civilians into it. Now, if you, this is where these things need to be discussed from an international law perspective. But the problem is that nobody wants to allow that conversation. They want to allow Israel to continue to do whatever it wants and indiscriminately bomb civilians and then act like it's only a one-sided affair. But civilians on every side matter. But he says, unlike the Holocaust, Jews now have a mighty state. And Hamas united the nation like never before. Well, again, this is what I was pointing I was making before. And it wasn't uh, Reuben, it's David Eli here. Prepare for hell in Gaza. Right. You mean the civilian populated Gaza? Yes. So he's talking about all Palestinians. And then he says very clearly, not one stone will be left on another. They know and are actively parading around and supporting open genocide on civilians because of what happened in Israel. How is that justified? And then this Israeli speaks up and says, not really, inside job. And you can read the comments. There's a whole bunch of people saying that. So what he's doing is speaking apparently on behalf of all Israelis, (laughs) and they're going, I disagree, that they've united the nation like never before. He's going, that's not true. I think they did this to us. I think Israel allowed this to happen. Now, you can think what you want about it. We'll get to it in a minute. Well, if we get to it, we're already getting long today. We're almost at two hours. And Rhett Seth Levy, who I was talking about, he's done amazing work during COVID, but you should see some of the stuff he shared about this. It's just as bad as this, man. It, it's really mind-blowing to me. Now, here's another example showing the Israeli Air Force striking what we can prove are civilian buildings. Look at this, guys. People were in these buildings. You understand that? I mean, that's why we're the numbers have skyrocketed. Now they're saying over almost 700 civilians or 700 Palestinians have been killed in this area. Some of them, I'm sure, are resistance fighters. I mean, look at this. You could just you could see the open, the broad area, the ongoing bombing in broad areas. Like there's a whole block right there. I mean, there's just no way they're pretending like this, that this is actually some kind of precision bombing of only Hamas when you can prove that they told you they're not going to do that anyway. Intense Israeli airstrikes on residential buildings across Gaza. This is from the cradle. Now, this is the same video of. Oh, actually, there's this is actually a different one. So you can see that I, was, I thought it was the same university, the, this college. But you can see that there's multiple bombings right here. One there and then one. Or maybe not. No, I guess it is the same one. For a second, I, oh, that's why it just moved. Yeah, that looks like the same one. So that's the university, the college being bombed. And this person says, are they buildings that house Hamas military operations? That would be a good thing to know. No, yeah, I mean, it would be. But what I'm pointing this out for is that what we're doing, right, what people are doing in pretty much every political game right now is that they'll assume the thing they want to assume and leave it there. Right. So at this moment, what we can see is a civilian building. We can prove is a civilian building being bombed. Now, we shouldn't go, well, there might be bad guys there. So I'm going to pretend that's what happened. 
And I'm not saying that's what Tam did. I'm just saying that's what is happening in general. What we should do is wait for evidence. And we should demand investigations to make sure people weren't killed. And if they were, they should be charged for it. But that is not even remotely ever going to happen. Instead, people are going to go, well, there's probably bad guys. And then just go on, not saying it might be the case, going on saying that's what happened. There were terrorists, and that's why they bombed it. That's what Loomer and the rest of them do. And that's not the case. They already admitted to you that's not the case. As Mohammed points out, Israel is now flattening entire high-rise buildings, residential buildings in center in central Gaza. Oops. Oh, that's behind me. Excuse me. I we heard it played the sound played from behind me. It confused me for a second. Uh, saying that uh, in central Gaza that have zero security value. Right. We're talking about like residential apartment buildings that you can, again, that plenty of people have proven are not being used by Gaza. And again, we already saw Amnesty International tell you that that's not what they're doing, at least up until 2009. Even though they all up until then for decades were saying that's what they were doing. And then Amnesty International said they're not being honest about that. And then they went on saying it after that anyway. So I think it's pretty clear that they were lying about that. There are called, it says these are called power targets and bombing them is aimed purely at terrorizing, intimidating, and collectively punishing the Gazan population, which if you really listen to them, they tell you that they're doing that. I mean, watch that. I mean, this whole building comes down. Those are people's homes, guys. And they did it on, that, that's aimed at the building. One after another after another. That's collective punishment without question. And there, and many, many, many times they've made that clear when they say, well, if something happens, we're going to bomb this area. Well, do you know who to carry out the attack? Did you even investigate? Well, no. I mean, even if you talk about bombing Hamas, like what if it was the Palestinian Islamic Jihad? What if it's anybody else? doesn't matter. We're going to bomb Hamas, which then ultimately means just Gaza in general. So that's the point. They're openly admitting that it really doesn't matter. Collective punishment. Loki from Mint Press News, and I believe is a singer, says all UK government buildings are now going to fly the Israeli flag. While the Israeli occupation forces bomb hospitals, mosques, and schools in Gaza. Yes, you read that right. Sprinter points out, right now, the brutal bombing of Gaza by Israeli fighters. And again, this picture just shows you very clearly. Look at the broad scope of this. That's over acro- across a massive civilian population. And I'm, just, I'm forcing the port home, point home. You don't need it. I think it's clear. They've admitted it, and you can prove it. I'm just trying to make it very clear, especially for those that may be on the fence. Now, there's a couple of images here that are really hard to see, guys. And I, it's important to show you. Now, for, this is one of what appears to be a dead child and this person saving them from a rubble after a Israeli airstrike on a civilian building. I don't know if you guys can hear the volume on that. I think something just happened with my setup here. In any case, he's screaming about the fact that this looks like a dead kid that he just pulled out, which I think was his child. Now here is another example. Mask. Oh, I think this was the one we played over here. Yeah, I think that's the same clip. No, that is different. That's residential areas. Imagine if that was your home, your mother's home, your grandmother's home. 
Defense for Children points out that 91 Palestinian children in Gaza, including entire families, have been killed in their bombings. In the Israeli military offensive since Saturday morning alone, they've confirmed the killing of at least 50 children in direct Israeli attacks so far. Now, here's a really hard video to watch, guys. This is a Palestinian father giving his daughter a final hug after she was killed by an Israeli airstrike. I quite frankly don't think I can play all of this. Man, it's just too much. <clears throat> it's just, it's un- unbelievable. The bottom line is that's happening. You can't pretend like that baby was a terrorist. I'd love to see what Laura Loomer has to say about that. It's real, guys. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not people being, there's, the, there's no casualties on the other side. My point of today is that civilian lives matter wherever they are. And there's far too many people who present themselves as honest, objective people who don't care about that right now. And it makes me sick. I didn't, these are some updates I didn't see. Yeah, civilian casualties could soar. Yeah, well, you don't, you, don't, you, you think? Because you're bombing civilian areas? What a shock. Now, the White House is saying no plans to send troops. That's a new update. I mean, quite frankly, I think it's pretty obvious that we can prove that there are already troops in in certain situations or just uh, rather either contractors or intelligence for sure, in my opinion. But either way, that a ground deployment, I always thought was highly unlikely, but we'll see what happens. BBC reporter in Gaza could hear kids screaming. The point I'm getting to is down here. I don't know which one that goes, Northern Israel. We just cut to the chase and we got a long show today. Of course, <laughs> man. It's right here. I knew that's why I did that. <laughs> so I shouldn't even be laughing. It's such a terrible thing. This is, this is such a sad, disgusting circumstance. Palestinian death toll raises to almost 690. By the minute, it is going up. 140 children. 140 children. That is, the do- that is documented from BBC. That doesn't mean you should bl- blindly believe it because they're always lying. My point is that if even the propagandists are telling you that 140 children have been killed in Gaza, how do we prepare that? That's almost as many as of people they claim was killed in general in Israel. 200 plus people they say have been killed. And that's the only thing these people are talking about. Almost 700 Palestinians and guaranteed 140 children, civilians. Guaranteed civilians is my point. 105 women. Where the hell are all the honest people? Retaliation against Hamas has only just begun, says Netanyahu. So I guess we can assume that 140 children is just the beginning of their planned attacks on civilians. Here's an interesting development as Sky News reports that Gaza's health ministry says that dozens of Palestinians have been killed and wounded in an airstrike on a refugee camp. But, you know, all militants, right? Here's another one that's very interesting. Hamas militants are saying that they've bought, and I I don't see how this is, I I don't see how you can disprove this. They're seemingly bombing, look, the point is that Israel's already made it clear that they don't know, even corporate media's been writing about this. They don't know where the hostages are. 
They've been held in all sorts of different places. And so they're indiscriminately bombing across an area that they know has 50 to 100 hostages, according to Israel. I'm going to show you a post where they literally argue that that doesn't matter. That somehow if they murder them with their bombing, it's their fault. Typical logic for the situation. They are saying that the Israel's bombing in Gaza has already killed four Israeli captives. Amazing how nobody wants to talk about that. And then on top of that, it's interesting. Somebody points out why they're framing this as the Israel-Hamas war. Because they want you to think that that's all that happens. There's only Hamas over there and they're all terrorists. That's where we like almost immediately fell back to. Or at least in the corporate conversation. I don't believe people are buying this. But that's the same point. But yeah, they've killed Israelis, it seems, based on even Israeli admission. Now, Sprinter's pointing out that 16 Israeli prime ministers from the ruling coalition have now signed an appeal to the prime minister and the government demanding that the entire Gaza Strip be taken under Israeli control, which, guess what? It already is. Now, technically, you could argue not... I mean, well, I, it's debatable because the idea of control... What I mean is they... It's occupied territory. The, they oversee and control the, out, the outskirts of Gaza. But within it, yeah, there's a lot going on that they can't control. And I think that's what they're trying to do now. So to act like they could just do it, like that's something they haven't decided to do, they've tried many times. That's what happened in 2014. That's, I mean, we've seen a lot of this happen. And they failed. They frame it as something else. But that's why, as I hear it, a lot of reservists are going, I'm not coming. I'm not going into this because I'm going to get killed. We've seen it happen before. And they want to pretend like they've got this huge force, but a lot of people refusing to fight. I've, I've heard that from Israelis. It says the deputies also demand the liquidation of or expulsion of all Hamas members. You know, the elected entity inside the area. Democracy, though, right? So they're demanding blood. And that's coming largely from the religious Zionism extremist faction, I would argue, even though they're all pretty much there. And here's the point that I was making before. So the allowed incitement and outright calls for violence on this platform today and the last couple of days are incredible and unnerving. Wasn't Linda Yaccarino just telling us this was unacceptable? I guess it's only selectively applied, right? What, what it has led to is the open collective punishment of millions of civilians in Gaza, which is a war crime. But don't forget, they're working hand in hand with the ADL, so they don't care. The argument is that that's where we are only going to allow or only going to the point is that we're going to allow negative attacks on anybody that is the enemy of what we're defending, like which is the idea of anti-Semitism, despite the fact that Palestinians are Semites. Oops, but we don't talk about that. The point is that you're allowing active calls of violence and pretty disgusting sentiments, which, by the way, Outside of the calls to violence, which I mean, even then, in my opinion, free speech includes all of that. But on, in their stated narrative, their stated policies, that's not supposed to be allowed. But then we can show you when they're calling for the death of Russians and they don't care. So we know these people are disgusting hypocrites. You're saying one thing and you're actively doing another. And it's really just about controlling our perceptions and pitting us against each other. That's what Twitter is doing in spades today. But that is disgusting. And Linda, you should be embarrassed because we see who you are. And we have since the beginning. But here's just somebody pointing us out. Over 12 of their posts in support of, of Palestine are being shadow banned. Yet calls for Zionists to wipe out Gaza are, are freely given with open reign. That's what's happening on Elon Musk's Twitter. 
Gareth Ike points out, by either justifying the murder of innocent kids in Israel or by calling for a response that will kill innocent kids in Gaza, an awful lot of people that claim to be awake have shown themselves to be anything but in the last 24 hours. I'm truly beginning to see the ones that I need that that deserve my respect or deserve to, you know, I shouldn't even say it like that, like it's something to be sought after. But, you know, that people that I once thought I respected today are I'm very quickly realizing were either not real or lose their sanity when it comes to issues like this. People like Garrett, Gareth Ike are continuing to show me that they're objective people. Because guys, if you can't see that people are being heard on both sides, then you're lying to yourself. Now, Ted Cruz came out. Well, first of all, I found, I, I can't confirm this, by the way, because even this link, even though it comes up in the Wayback Machine, interestingly doesn't load on Twitter, which is interesting. But there is an article written about it. Conservative brief, again, I mean, I, I think because Cruz said something, you're going to get right-wing places that would make that say that's what happened. But either way, my point is that I haven't been able to confirm that is, in fact, a tweet that went out. But here's what they're saying it was, and it's now been deleted, saying they deleted the tweet from the U.S. Office of Palestine Affairs that literally says, we unequivocally condemn the attack of Hamas terrorists and loss of life that has incurred. Okay, so we are calling them terrorists, and we do not, that we... Condemn what they just did. Then they say, we urge all sides to refrain from violence and retaliatory attacks. Terror and violence solve nothing. Now, guys, this is the same point they made last time. How are we pretending in this broken world that that is a crazy thing to say? This is what I'm trying to point out. These people are dangerous people. This Ted Cruz and all the rest of the loomers and all the rest of them, they're acting like people saying that we should call for a lack of violence, despite the fact that that's what they do every time when Israel bombs Gaza. They just go, we call for de-escalation on all sides. But now when Gaza is the person who is acting under the Geneva Conventions and the right to armed rebellion per an occupied territory per the United Nations, we act like you're not allowed to do that. I mean, it's just such egregious hypocrisy right on the surface. And even then, they're framing people as extremists for simply saying, we urge all signs to refrain that all, violence is bad, that, you, that terror and violence solve nothing. Or is Ted Cruz literally going, how dare you suggest that our terror and violence solves nothing? Our terror and violence is all the things we need. I mean, I'm just not, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. Anybody can pretend that he should be mad about this statement or that they should delete it. But the pro- this is the point I'm making. We're in a situation where people have lost themselves in this, just like with Ukraine or any number of topics before that, where suddenly you're not allowed to advocate for anybody other than the chosen side in the corporate conversation. Isn't that interesting? And he says, this is disgraceful. And every single person involved in drafting this approving this tweet should be expelled from the government. I mean, they clearly started by saying Hamas terrorists and that they condemn it. So that's not enough to them. They're only allowed to say Hamas bad guy and everything else is okay. And anything else than that is terrorism. I mean, we have lost ourselves, guys. We have lost the plot. And I think that's the design here. And when I say we, the government has lost the plot. I think people see through this. I really do. Now, it's just the post cruise blast Biden State Department over a deleted tweet urging Israeli restraint. Yeah, God forbid we should urge Israelis to not commit war crimes. And if you do, you should be removed from government because how dare you stop the Israeli government from doing whatever it wants? How dare you? I'm appalled. 
I mean, guys, this is uh, this this is like a cartoon. Like, I feel like somebody, I mean, I guess we said the same thing about COVID. I'm starting to get really scared about how continuously we feel like we're in some kind of alternate reality. Or maybe it really is just that bad. I don't think that. But I think what we're seeing is these people who are, this is their death throes, right? They're freaking out. Israel is losing control. They're losing influence. And to me, it looks like they're pulling every string around the world. And people like Cruz are being pulled. And they're rising to the challenge and going, how dare you call for peace? Despite when they used to be a little more tactful about it, right? It's desperation. Lucas Gage says something that gets responded to very interestingly. He says, I call upon all Christians and Muslims to wage a global cyber info crusade, information crusade against the Zionist state of Israel. We need to unite together and fight against a multi-billion dollar propaganda machine. And we need every single person to board on board to do it. So put aside your differences, start calling out and debunking all Zionist lies and shame every show you come across. We cannot allow Zionists to turn this info war into Israel's favor. Now, of course, people want to pretend when you say Zionist, you mean Jew. And maybe he does. That's up for you to decide. But he didn't say that. He said Zionists. That's a political, that's a political organization. And there's plenty of Jews that will tell you they're lying about what they're doing. But the point is, he said we should expose their lies, wage an information war to expose that they're lying. I mean, in what world is that somehow unacceptable? If not only is it free speech and he's allowed to say whatever he wants in that sense, but that he's literally saying, let's expose them lying. Let's, but, but because it's about Zionists, suddenly that's racist and bad and bigoted. If that was about, let's expose all the Chinese lies. Do you think anybody would care? If it said Russian lies, do you think anybody would care? If they said literally anybody's lies, but Zionist, do you think anybody would care? Guys, recognize how crazy that is. Here's how they responded. He says, you need to be arrested immediately, or better yet, meet the same fate as those you side with. He literally just called for this person to be killed. Think about that. And Yaccarino doesn't care about that. Of course, if it was the reverse, he'd be censored and deleted and he'd be called anti-Semite. That's how that works. And this person says, we practice free speech here. Or we're told, that's the illusion on Twitter. So if you get upset because you can't handle free speech, then you should probably go over to Facebook. But the point is about how silly this is. Arrested because he's arguing, even if he's wrong, the point is he's simply saying, let's use information to expose their lying. That's what he just said. But because it's about the Zionist government, everybody loses their minds. Can't we see a problem with that? Again, my central point of today, if you care about human beings, if you're listening, guys, if you care about human beings, wherever they reside, whatever their ethnicity, and you can see people calling for blood of innocent Palestinians or innocent Israelis and acting like this is a balanced, informed take, speak up, call them out, show the world that we are the majority. Stand up for what's right, guys. Don't be afraid to be called a name. Have the gumption, have the constitution to stand where people need you to. Fight for people who don't have a voice, whoever they are, wherever they are. Whether you think that the Israelis being attacked or the Palestinians being ups, uh, occupied and subjugated, or whether you think it's you know any circumstance is my point. Wherever they reside, whatever they look like, if you see people trying to pretend like you should kill innocent people, call them out. I'm just done with this. Now, let's talk about an honest discussion about the situation. Interestingly enough, BBC has been having these interviews. I don't know why. Maybe there's a reason they're trying to shift the narrative. Maybe we should consider that. Maybe there's another game being played on top of this. Maybe they've lost control and they're trying to shift it before we do. 
There's all sorts of possibilities. Either way, what he says here is some of the most obvious truth you're going to hear today. As I said, the tide is turning. And this, in my opinion, scares the authoritarians. But anyone with two brain cells to rub, damn it, for the podcast, I wrote run together, (laughs) to rub together and a modicum of compassion and logic can see what's truly going on here. Please pay attention to what he's saying. 48 hours, though. Do you support what Hamas launched on Saturday morning? Well, this is not the right question, uh, Louis. Really, the right it's question. It's an important question. No, no, it is not an important question. You, because, because Whether no, you support their action or not because, is an important because, question. No, 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 no. It is not an important question. Hamas is a, is a group, is a militant group. You're talking to, uh, with the Palestinian representative. Our position is very well known and clear. And what, it, what and, is that? Do you support you Hamas's cannot, actions? And, and then you cannot equate, you cannot equate. This is not about support or not support. I am here to represent my people, the Palestinian people what they are going through. I'm not here to condemn anybody. And if anybody that needs to be condemned, it's what you call the only democracy in the Middle East, that is Israel, between parentheses, that is doing what you have just reported, targeting civilians. And this has not just happened the last 48 hours. Hamas was just targeting Palestinians, but you won't condemn uh, that. I'll I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. He He actually just said Hamas was just targeting Palestinians. So obviously he made a mistake right there, which I think is hilarious. But so what's interesting is this person, nor anybody in this conversation, is arguing that there is not a violence taking place on the other side. <clears throat> but I will tell you, there are some people that are that are kind of whitewashing it in reverse by acting like, well, oh, there was nobody really hurt. Now, to be clear, when it first started, what I was telling you, in my opinion, what right in the beginning, I said it would not surprise me if people in war carried out egregious acts. Very clear about that. But I also made it clear that, and I'm going to show you some of these examples, that we can't, many of these examples, we can't really prove what's going on. People just want to assume into what they what their narrative is. But that doesn't mean that there hasn't been crimes committed. There have been. I can see them myself. But my point is, we've seen people lie already. We've seen things get debunked about what they claim Hamas is doing. And then we have a lot of examples about proof now about Syrian extremists being brought over into Ukraine as well as to the border of Israel. And we have to consider, with even Israelis wondering whether there's more to the story, whether they're being used right now. All that being said, until you can prove it, and we see Israeli civilians being hurt, that has to matter. But on top of all of that, seeing an image of people shot in the street does not prove what happened or who shot them. But that, that's what happens, right? My point is, in all of this, one side of this is a government that is backed by international parties with nuclear power that is an occupying territory that then is bombing deliberately civilian areas. There's nothing more egregious than that. On the other side of this, you have people that are occupied per the UN that have a legal right to armed rebellion and then bad things happening while that legal action is being carried out, which I'm not condoning and nobody should. But if you can't see the difference there, you're lying to yourself or you're a bad person. I mean, I think that's as simple as it gets. Hamas is not the Palestinian government, okay? The Israeli government is giving orders for its organized army. So please don't draw any symmetry here. Don't equate. There is no way you can draw any symmetry. And don't equate between the occupied and the occupier. This doesn't, this, this doesn't serve justice to understand for your audience and viewers the real uh, situation. I'm here to represent my people, the Palestinian people, what they are going through. I'm not here to condemn anybody. And if anybody that needs to be condemned, it's what you call the only democracy in the Middle East, that is Israel, between parentheses, that is doing what you have just reported.
targeting civilians, and this has not just happened the last 48 hours. Hamas you, was just I'll targeting one, Palestinians, you, but you won't condemn uh, that. Uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. Hamas is not the Palestinian government, okay? The Israeli government is giving orders for its organized army. So please don't draw any symmetry here. Don't equate. There is no way you can draw any symmetry. And don't equate between the occupied and the occupier. This doesn't, this, this doesn't serve justice to understand for your audience and viewers. That's really important that people miss, right? Because we know it's an occupied territory, you have an occupier and you have the occupied. The occupied. You can't pretend that the same thing. One is under an inherently insecure position and is controlled by the occupier. But to pretend like they're in some kind of equal setting is one of the biggest lies around this conversation. Real uh, situation. Since Israel's establishment, it has had one military doctrine. When it fights, it goes and fights civilians, kill civilians, so they pressure the, the fighters. Since 1948, and go back to the record, and this has been repeated in Gaza and will continue to be repeated. So the conversation is not a blame game. I am not in the business of blaming the victim here. The, the real conversation is how do we stop this vicious, deadly cycle? You just condemned Israel for killing civilians and you won't condemn Hamas for killing civilians. How many times you have interviewed Israeli officials, Louise? Hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. How many times Israel have committed war crimes right live on your own cameras? Do you start by asking them to condemn themselves? Have you? You don't. You don't. No, no, I'll answer that question. You don't. You know why I refuse to answer this question? Because I, I refuse the premise of it. Because at the very heart of it is misrepresentation of the whole thing. Because it's the Palestinians that are always expected to condemn themselves. I mean, come on, this is a political conflict. We have been denied our rights for a long time. So this is the wrong starting point. The right starting point is... I was going to let it play out entirely right there, but it looks like the stream was dropping out. Big surprise. One of the most important videos of today that breaks down the basic reality. I'm, there it goes. I'm letting it come back and I'll start it again. As somebody points out while I stopped it, this wouldn't happen on U.S. media. They would have cut him off 14 times by now. Is to focus on the root causes. Is to try and get out. Part of it is misrepresentation of the whole thing. Because it's the Palestinians that are always expected to condemn themselves. I mean, come on, this is a political conflict. We have been denied our rights for a long time. So this is the wrong starting point. The right starting point is to focus on the root causes. Is to try and get out of this extreme dark tunnel as opposed to this business and how, by how, BBC how and the mainstream media for, for 75 years. You, get, you bring us here whenever there are Israelis who are killed. Did you bring me here when many Palestinians in the West Bank, more than 200 uh, over the last few months? Do you invite me when there is such Israeli provocations in Jerusalem and elsewhere? Because Israel, what Israelis have seen, which we started by saying tragic, the last 48 hours, the Palestinians see every day for the last 70, uh, 50, 50 years. You know the situation in Gaza, you've just described it. This is the biggest open-air presence. Those people, 2 million, have been taken hostage by Israel for the last 16 years. So I'm saying this just to say, Louise, perhaps this is about time we abandon this, this rhetoric, very dangerous, this framework, and we start giving people the real ugly truth sometimes. What is the solution in your eyes? International law. That's it. International, that the equal application of international resolutions and law and legitimacy, as you did in Ukraine. Would you bring the Ukrainian ambassador here and start asking him to condemn some of his fighters? 
we need to fully and equally apply the rules that were created by the League of Nations after the horrors of the Second World War. We need to make sure that Israel is not the exception. It has been for the last 75 years. We need to make sure that nobody is above the law. Britain is renowned, Louise, for the rule of law. I think that's the solution. Israel is an occupying force. It is responsible to provide protection for the people under its occupation. And should they commit crimes and crimes against humanity in the coming hours and weeks, it must be held accountable by the international community and the international judicial system. Hussam Zamlat, thank you very much for coming on the program. Thank you. So, I mean, he, he just completely tore that guy apart. Like, the guy was very clearly trying to make a point. And I've seen that on BBC a lot, where they don't even care about what the other guy is saying. They just want to make their point. It's not journalism, it's propaganda. And I made that joke the other day about the woman, where she was, like, trying to get to the point about whether Iran was funding what was happening. And the guy was making all these broad, important points about the reality of the situation. And he went on for 10 minutes, and she goes, so who's funding Hamas? And he goes, that's not even important. That's not, that doesn't make, I don't know, I'm not Hamas. And he goes on more about the Palestinian people. Another 10 minutes. And then finishes by just going, well, I can tell you Iran is funding Hamas. And, <laughs> I mean, think about how embarrassing that is for a journalist. You pretend you're a journalist. You can't get the person to say what you want them to do. So you just go, screw it. I'll make the point for you. Like, Yeah, so that's all you wanted was a person in front of you so you could make your point. Next time, just say, Iran did this. Thank you for coming and shut the show off. That's what they're doing. And same point, this guy was desperate to get him to say that Hamas did bad things, which the point he was making is that he's not, obviously you can listen to this guy elsewhere. He will condemn bad actions by anybody. My point is that what we're getting at here is that if you jump into the condemnation aspect, that you're starting from a false premise. Like he said, have you ever had Israeli officials come up and say, can, I've, do you condemn your Israelis for Israeli government for the actions of murdering Palestinians? Why don't they do that? Right. The point he made there, the points he made there were blatantly obvious. The even application of international law. Does it sound like a terrorist asking for Israel to be destroyed? No, that is a representative of Palestine on BBC, on mainstream media saying what they're asking for is simply to be equal in the eyes of the law. Kind of sounds like South Africa, doesn't it? Because that's what we're talking about, guys. Apartheid. And that's not what happens in the context of equal application. They apply international law in a way that suits the international agenda, the globalist agenda, or the individual nation agenda based on what they're doing in the moment. But the bottom line is they routinely ignore UN resolutions. They routinely violate international law, as we just showed you, and it just doesn't matter. Now, as I said in regard to... Uh, Oh, well, actually, I just made this point on top. I included this tweet because he made a good speech. I think it's important to point out this. The, there's an effort right now going around. And again, from people that I thought I respected. It's a clumsy and desperate effort, in my opinion, to frame any pro-Palestinian rally anywhere as pro-terrorist or pro-Hamas. And it's willfully disingenuous. And it's to make the average person think that they're all the same. And they're not, as he just showed you. Now, they'll just say he's lying, but you can easily prove that's not the case. Most are protesting for human rights, international law, and liberty. And I'll show you some examples. So here's another thing, just like we saw before. So this person says, right now, Hamas supporters here in Toronto rally in the celebration of terror attacks. All stupid framing by the person who wants to hear what they think is happening. Do you see Hamas flags anywhere? I mean, you'll find some. Like, you could even argue this person... No, that, that wasn't, there's no, no flag. My point is, you, 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 there's Palestinians. Like, the, even the, the, the wrap around the neck, that's a Palestinian thing. 
Now, there are plenty of overlap. There's plenty of Palestinians that would say that they support Hamas and even support what Hamas just did. But you can't just broadly say that anything Palestinian is supporting Hamas because that's not true. And I know I could prove to you that Rebel News and Ezra know that. But they're in this for an agenda right now. And you can see that by anything they're saying on Twitter, which is just as bad as we just showed you. They call out uh, Prime Minister Trudeau who denounced them. Here's what they're saying. Hamas, good job. Keep killing Israelis. No, they say Justin Trudeau, you will see Palestine will be free. Oh my God, what terrorists. But that's how you might be framed if you were pretending that Palestinian was all terrorism, as people that are Zionists like this group are, are doing. These are Palestinian supporters out to support Palestine. If you want to point out one thing of Hamas, and maybe there's one, I don't see it. These are all people supporting Palestinians. That's not the same thing. People who support Palestinians are people who are supporting the concept, by and large, of them being free from occupation. To somehow contort this into supporting terrorist attacks against Israel, it's just dishonest, guys, and quite frankly disgusting. Here's another example. Same person, same group. This is why Edmonton's liberal mayor says, he says, won't unequivocally denounce the rapes and murders. Now, again, Rape, I'm going to show you the example they're using. I, it, it, I, it seems likely, if I'd be honest, because of the big image. But I'm going to tell you as an objective person that I don't know what happened. I don't know whether something, we'll get to it in a second. All you see is blood on the back of her pants and people assuming that means she was raped. It's certainly possible. And it wouldn't surprise me in wartime if people took action like that on any side. I can show you 1,400 examples in U.S. wars where U.S. servicemen do it overseas or United Nations members do it all the damn time. But we don't talk about that. My point is that we're assuming based on an image or something that we don't know. And on top of that, how about we don't know for sure that those are in fact Hamas? Again, I'm going to say it's probably most likely that that's what happened. But an objective person would say on a video that you don't know who that is or who took the video or what's going on, that you don't know that for sure. And plenty of these murder images they're sharing around, I don't think we can prove either. But let me make it clear. I think that there were crimes committed. And I'm waiting to see evidence of it. And I'm telling you right now, we can see it broadcasted on TV, the evidence of crimes being committed in Gaza as they carpet bomb civilians. But here's what it says. Happening now in Edmonton, Canada, hundreds of pro-Hamas terror apologists, sound familiar, making excuses for the butchery of innocent Israeli civilians. Is that what they're doing? Calling this an evil display? I mean, these people are belligerent, guys. This is Look, do you see Hamas flags? These are Palestinians supporting Palestine, or rather people supporting Palestine. He says, supporting the, the humanity, one struggle. Does that sound like, yay, terrorism, kill people? I mean, it's just ignorant, man. Look, an end to all Canadian aid to Israel. Does that say kill Israelis? They're trying to stop the occupation, guys. I mean, my God. And my point is, I know that they know that. Now, here's the same point. As I said, the tide is turning. Same video. This person, and again, remember, he's simply saying human life matters. Civilians matter. International law being evenly applied is all we want. So the person who then reads what I said doesn't doesn't listen to the interview, says, so what's going on here? The Palestinians are the victims? What about murdered Israelis? I'm just, I mean, I mean, I've, I mean, I probably was in a, a mood to respond, but in most cases, that's per person that you shouldn't even bother engaging with. They didn't even listen to the interview. They want to get you engaged in some kind of conversation. My point was, 
I'm frustrated today with people like this. And I said, and I saw him earlier doing the same thing. And I said, you are just on a willful ignorance tour, aren't you? Did you not listen to this one either? Because it was the same thing before. Had you, you'd hear that civilian lives matter, wherever they are. And all you want to do is redirect outrage to only one side. Your bloodlust and lack of compassion for human life are showing. Interestingly, no response. Here's another one. This person says, I'm begging people on the American left only apparently, which even though you can show this across the board right now, to acknowledge the, the blind support for Israel, I mean. He's saying, I'm begging people on the American left to acknowledge that the U.S. had pro-Hamas terrorism rallies across the U.S. yesterday. Do not turn your head. Do not say both sides. How dare you suggest that people matter on both sides? How dare you, terrorist? Do not repeat lies. There were pro-Hamas demonstrations. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to willing to bet you there probably were at least some pro-Hamas demonstrations. I don't know that, though. And if there wasn't, that wouldn't surprise me either, because I haven't seen a pro-Hamas rally anywhere in that, in, in, outside of very specific circumstances and outside the country. But my point is, I can prove the ones that they listed right there are, again, pro-Palestinian rallies like these people here standing in solidarity with people who are occupied. And they frame that as terrorism rallies. I mean, people have lost their men. They've lost the sense of this, man. And I don't think, I don't think people care. Oh, and I just put it there at the end of the same point. The clumsy and desperate effort to frame it like that is disingenuous. And these people are largely protesting for independence. Now, same point here. The UN Special Rapporteur on Human Rights you know, the person whose literal job it is to decide who's breaking human, violating human rights says, quote, we are horrified by what is happening and we call for a truth. Does, does he say that Israelis should be killed? Do they say that one side's better than the other? No, they simply say what every U.S. politician usually says when Israel bombs Gaza, that we think it's bad and everyone should calm down. Because clearly there's one side responsible and usually, especially going back to where we're talking about bottle rockets versus most of the stuff, which has clearly changed. But the point is that today, by saying violence is bad and we want everyone to calm down, you're now the worst person alive in the minds of the bloodthirsty, foaming at the mouth, pro-Israel people today. It's disgusting. We're horrified by what's happening and we call for a truce is now you're a terrorist. If we don't see how alarming this shift is, I don't know what to tell you, man. This is one of the most alarming shifts in rhetoric I've seen in a long time. And I don't think it's working. I think most people are seeing this and being alarmed by it. But we see our own supposed leaders showing you who they really are. Going from a, on a dime to lives matter and we should call for a truce to kill them all because Israel matters. Very quickly. So they post this and people lose their minds about it. Here's well, just one example. There's plenty of them. Here's Ian Miles Chong, who, by the way, the other day posted the video of IDF members kicking in doors and said, look at all the Hamas terrorists killing people and raping them in the streets. And then when we proved to him that it was not that and it was IDF members, he said underneath that, oh, well, they stole the uniforms per reports, <laughs> which, as far as I could tell, isn't true. And even the video has now been shown to actually be the IDF. So he just doesn't follow up because that's what good journalists do, right? He says, where was the U.N. statement when Hamas was butchering families and partygoers? Well, first of all, this came out 12 hours ago. So if we're being honest and objective, there's a lot happening right now in Israel in particular that we can't verify. So what do you want? People to come out and scream, cry foul about things that we can't prove just yet? 
right? My point is that there's things happening that anybody can say, are, there's hostages being taken. It's, it's an ongoing war situation. And yes, it looks like there are civilians being hurt. But, and that, it took me until maybe yesterday to be able to confirm that this is something in one or two cases. And I, I, I'm, look, again, I will tell you that it's probably, if I had to guess, it seems like a lot of these are likely people that were killed. But we have to be objective about this and realize that we don't know for sure what actually went down. And there's anomalies here. But apparently he's outraged by the fact that the UN would stand up and say both sides should stop. You realize they didn't say stop killing Gazans, stop killing Palestinians. They said all of this needs to stop. And Ian said, how dare you not condemn only one side? I mean, does he even realize how dumb that looks? I don't think people understand that. And of course, you can realize he also works for Rebel News. But as I said, you blind regurgitators pretending to be journalists are embarrassing. Yes, I was frustrated. Civilians killed on either side matter. On one side, you guys have governments directed bombing of civilians. On the other side, you have a lot of detention, hostages, detention, followed by a lot of conjecture. Now, that doesn't mean that I have that there's not examples. What I'm saying is even aside from the provable examples, there is a lot of assumption and conjecture being put out. Here's an image of people down the street. They killed them. How do you know that? That happened right after this started. They don't know that. A lot of these people were simply putting out what Israeli intelligence was saying happened. But please keep towing that line. And of course, I always love when people think they're smart or towing. (laughs) Nope, nope, it's not. It's actually towing, as in T-O-E-I-N-G, as in towing the line, put your toe on the line in the race. So I just used the grandma's boy and said, so you're dumb. (laughs) I was a little cheeky today. But here's an interesting point. And I think I'm actually going to skip past this because we're going too long. And I think I'm going to skip some parts today to finish. But this is coming from a a daily caller, of course, you know, very one sided in this affair. MSNB, this is ADL uh, Greenblatt saying. Who writes? I found this to be an interesting part, asking who writes the scripts for this show. And I'm not sure he really meant that as an insult. Like, who? where's your script writer? Let me make sure he's got the facts right. Like admitting that these people have scripts. We know that they do, right? This is completely fake. But what's interesting is that what he goes off on, well, first of all, the starting of this is Hamas terrorists launched a relentless attack on Israel Saturday, firing hundreds of rockets, invading on the ground. Hundreds are dead, while dozens remain. You realize that there's been a whole lot of bombing in Gaza since that, but they don't even talk about that. Not even like a sideways glance to go in and they responded. Nothing. How do you think you're a journalist if you just leave that part of it out? Obviously, they, at least in their mind, they also think that's probably bad, and they don't want to say that because they're wildly pro-Israel. But either way, he goes off on this rant about how, I mean, listing off a bunch of things that we think everyone's circulating, but a lot of it's not provable. But overall, simply saying that you guys should be embarrassed because you dare to suggest that both sides have problems here. I mean, it really, that's the kind of running theme we're seeing. Now, again, I'm going to kind of rapidly go past this. Dom Luker, Breaker of Narratives, which is a funny title for me. Pointing out, Middle East Monitor reported that Joe Biden approved the release of $75 million aid to Palestine just hours before the attack. Well, that might seem compelling if you thought that was the only time it happened, aside from the fact that you can go back 25 years and show how the United States has pretty routinely sent aid to Palestine. And, and that rarely ends up meaning money in the direct hands of people in Palestine. It goes through Israel, guys. It goes through the Palestinian Authority, which is an Israeli asset. But of course, this in their minds means Biden is funding Hamas, which is not 
I mean, it's really stupid to think that's as basic as this is. But it doesn't matter, though, because that's the fun narrative for people who want to attack the Democrats in their very small perspective on the world. But overall, that's what they want you to think, because they went this, you know, went in the hands of, of Hamas. And that's what this person is here, I think. And this is gain of Fauci, which, again, great, great on COVID stuff. This was from over a year ago. And Biden administration had already sent Palestine over one billion since the big. Yeah, guys. Are you really unaware that this has been something that's been going on for a really long time? No, yes, I understand that Trump did things a little different. But Trump also did a lot of bad things a lot different, too. Overall, the point is that money has continued to go to Palestine because they're in need. These are civilians who have nothing. We just showed you. 60% of them can't even find it. I mean, that's what Abby Martin was talking about. They put them in this position. They starve them. And then they skim out what goes in there. And people send in aid because they can't survive without it because of what Israel creates. And then they pretend this goes to Hamas terrorists. And that's how they keep this cycle going. Every He goes, reminder, every time it's sent, it goes to Hamas. That's not true. Do you think the Palestinian Authority, who you can prove is working for Israel, is handing over money to Hamas? Well, maybe in some context, which, of course, I was going to get into more today, but I think we're going to skip it for another show. But I will briefly go over it which is that in some cases there's overlap to the fact that Hamas was, well, in this case, Hamas was created by Israel, but today it's questionable whether they are on one, controlled by Israel or not. Largely, it seems the other way around. But people like Vanessa Bealey and others have argued that clearly there are still factions that are loyal to Israel or loyal to the United States. So that needs to be considered in what is currently going on. The, I mean, when you see the representatives speaking out about how this is about international law, and then you've got random individuals carrying out acts that do, in my opinion, seem uncharacteristic of acts and in general of what we've seen the Palestinians do before, or Hamas for that matter. And that may not make sense to people who only believe they're only terrorists, but if you have discernment and brain cells to research and realize that there's a lot to look at that you understand that they're not what they say they are or hezbollah is not what they say they are or the houthis are not what they say they are or iran it's the same game guys these are mostly largely resistant factions to occupation or illegal actions by large players in the international field like the u.s like israel like a lot of these people but it's really interesting how they want this. To, they're trying to tie this back to their own. Just like Trump just tried to make Hamas the people on the southern border. These people are very clumsily trying to patch this into their own political benefit. That's what they do. Oh, and I already showed you this one. David Rubin. Um, and this, uh, yeah, I mean, this one's not even important. Just more politicians acting like if you care about the other side, then you're a bad person. And then we see the EU now suspending aid to the Palestinians, to Hamas? No, to civilians who need help. But because of Israel bombing Gaza, they're going to stop aid to Palestine, right? Or they're going to say because Hamas invaded an area that they have a legal right to under Geneva Conventions. But, you know, who cares about the facts? Or if you want to say it's about the actions carried out by some, which clearly did happen, do you not care about the actions taken out in Gaza? Like, you have to factor this in. And this is interesting. Iranian government newspaper, which, by the way, is just an Iranian paper. You could argue that the government has influence on it, but probably does. Like, so does the U.S., so does Israel, so does the Russian, Chinese. They all influence their... But to just blatantly, clumsily say this is Iran's government speaking, it's usually not exactly the case. The point, though, is this newspaper in Iran celebrates the Israeli death toll reaching 100,000 as a result of the Hamas attack. Now, frankly... 
This seems like a very small thing online. Either way, the point is they're saying, hey, 1,000 people. Well, you can prove there's Israelis doing the same thing about Hamas. That shouldn't be accepted on any side, or rather Palestinians. But nobody should accept the glorification of violence, guys, on any side. That's what's interesting is honest people are willing to say that and condemn either. But people like Loomer and the rest are saying that only one side is condemnable. The other one, even when they war crimes, are good guys. They're children. But it says, what kind of government celebrates the massacre of civilians? This is the government that the Biden ad made determined to engage with work or many of them in the past, even Trump, but he'll selectively choose what we care to be outraged about. My point is, right, what kind of government does celebrate the massacre of civilians? I don't know, the Israeli government currently, or the U.S. government currently, or I don't know, most blindly adherent Western governments currently, <laughs> as one of the most densely populated civilian areas on earth is being indiscriminately bombed. I don't know. I mean, these people, I don't think they actually realize that they're that hypocritical. Now we have the, uh, it's the uh, United Against Nuclear Iran, which a group that shouldn't even exist anymore, seeing as how the IAEA, International Atomic Energy Agency, recently, and even the United States government have come out and said they're not do- making a nuclear bomb because they're not. And I've proven this so many times, it makes my mind hurt. I mean, it, it, we, we, we could talk about uh, um, uh, Mr. Ahmadi, who was the previous uh, head of the IAEA, who died mysteriously, and right before he died said Israel was trying to kill him. And he was the one telling you they were lying about what was happening. I mean, over and over, they've been trying. How long has Israel been saying this was one day away? The, 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 that entity has now told you that's not true. And they just still go with the narrative, guys. No question what else they're lying to you about. The point is, this group is calling on the U.S. government and its allies today and Israel to bomb Gaza? No to launch strikes against Iran. Think about that right now, including missiles and drone installations in Iran. They want them to strike these areas. Well, specifically bases, but they do say also in Iran. I can't believe that this is the kind of belligerence we're talking about. Now, because you have some sneaking suspicion that Iran was involved. Now, there is a Wall Street Journal article claiming, is that it's not this one, we'll get to it in a second. Maybe, in fact saying that they prove that Iran helped them in the organization of it, which wouldn't surprise me. They're allies, guys. But to continue to try to pretend like this is an Iran action, it's just clumsy. It's about trying to set political narratives for their own benefit. But now to just say, based on the unverified claim that we should bomb Iran, that people are dangerous today, man. And this is scary because this it could easily fall out. I don't think any of these politicians, as belligerent as they are, really want this. But because they state it, Somebody may act. And then Bryce Green points out, American cable news hosts love, right now they're doing this, asking Israeli officials if they're going to attack Iran. They're salivating. It's disgusting to me. Now, here is a report. Israeli hostage crisis in Hamas ruled Gaza becomes a political trap for Netanyahu. It's an interesting article. Now, it says, in time, this time, Gaza's Hamas rulers, which it's not, that's not even a fair framing, but they are an elected entity, have abducted dozens of Israeli civilians and soldiers as part of the multi-pronged shock attack on Saturday. So even, even AP News is only claiming a, a dozen, abduct dozens, and half, a, a portion of them being soldiers. To what degree are civilians? We don't know. And that's the point, is nobody so does, and you got people like Rebel News and the rest of them pushing out all of these claims that, I, as far as I can tell, are unverifiable at the moment. 
Palestinian Islamic Jihad, by the way, who is not Hamas, a militant group smaller and more brazen than Hamas, said Sunday that it alone had seized 30 hostages. So let me ask you this. Is that part of the same number? Are we conflating is Pal- the Islamic Jihad with Hamas? And if so, that's very dishonest. Not the same group. Different agendas. Different people. One is not even elected, right? The point is that's not the same thing. But it sounds like they're kind of just lumping this all together like they are every Palestinian as Hamas. Not in this article, but everybody else. It says their captivity raises the heat on Netanyahu and his hawkish far-right allies, religious Zionism party in particular, who are already under intense pressure to respond to the killing of over 700 Israelis in the Hamas attack so far. Now, frankly, I don't buy that. I've said this before because based on the evidence I've seen, I don't see enough to, to, to justify 700 deaths. Usually they downplay it, but I think in this case it, it's in their interest to act like more have been killed. But maybe I'm wrong. They're stating 700. Then it says, net, and by the way, a lot of that are a portion of that. Again, I'm not going to pretend like I know exactly, but based on what I think, based on the data that I've seen, I was going to say probably possibly majority, but let's put it as some of that are IDF or settlers, and then definitely some of them are in areas where there's civilians, and that should be condemned. My point in reverse, as always, is we can see targeted aiming and proud declarations of civilian bombings on Gaza. It says Netanyahu's vow to unleash full force of the Israeli military on Hamas, that's not what he said, by the way, well, in one case he did, but he did say on Gaza, has raised fears for the safety of Israeli civilians spread in undisclosed locations. Too late, they've already killed some. Although Gaza is tiny, subject to constant aerial surveillance and surrounded by Israeli ground and naval forces, the territory just over an hour from Tel Aviv remains somewhat opaque to Israeli intelligence agencies. That's interesting. And there's a whole point to that that I probably won't get into today in regard to a shift in a possibility, I should say, regarding a shift in technology due to Trump's actions against Huawei, actually, that drove people in Palestine to use a different system, which apparently drove them out of the view of of Mossad and IDF. And they argue maybe not with their knowledge. So that's why they might have not seen what was happening here. Just a theory, by the way. But it says, quote, we don't know where Israelis are sheltered, says a former national security advisor to Netanyahu. So they're telling you, we don't know where they are, yet they're bombing anyway. It says, quote, but this whole issue of captured Israelis, listen to this, will not stop Israel from bombing Gaza until Hamas is destroyed. If you are an Israeli, you need to be outraged by that. They're literally telling you that your lives are your lives are not important enough when it comes to trying to kill people in Gaza. That we will bomb anywhere because we're trying to make this happen, even if it means killing our own citizens. I mean, how do we make sense of that without realizing who these people are? Hamas, it says, already said it seeks the release of all Palestinian prisoners in Israeli jails. Some 4,500 detainees. You realize these people aren't being charged. They're not being going to, they're not going to court. They're detained, like in Guantanamo. Some of them for years. That's democracy for you in the Middle East, or rather the only democracy in the Middle East. There's plenty of de- democracies, or what they might call limited democracies, because they don't like to give them that name, in the Middle East. Far more democratic or, you know, legitimate, or how do you say it? Like, ignore um, acting within international law than even remotely close to it. I've said that terribly. Israel is not a democracy. 
It's not even remotely close to being something like that, especially when you can see it's an apartheid state, according to all the leading human rights groups. But there are places all around the Middle East that very much, much more resemble what you would call democracy. But they lie about it on a regular basis. But it says, according to Israel's Betselem, Israel's Betselem, it's an Israeli human rights group, in exchange for the Israeli captives. They want the 4,500 detainees. The release of any prisoners would be a huge deal for Hamas, which, again, argues why they wouldn't want to hurt their detainees. But Netanyahu's government, with the, its powerful far-right religious ministers, including West Bank settlers, important, like I said before, they, they're part of this coalition, have fiercely opposed any gestures they view as capitulating to the Palestinians. Not Hamas, but the Palestinians. There is absolutely no chance, they say, that the current government would agree to the release of these prisoners. So they're letting, they're going to let their people die so they can have a, they can take the win that they want or try to. The radicals and extremists in this government want to flatten Gaza, says the political scientist at the Hebrew University. She said, uh, she said Netanyahu on Saturday dismissed an offer by uh, Yair Lapid, head of the opposition, to form an emergency national unity government. <clears throat> because they don't want that. They don't want any inclu- inclu- inclusion of anybody on outside parties. It says it was a clear sign that Netanyahu, quote, has not given up on his extremist nationalist government. It's what they are. As Robert called, and openly, I mean, this is not debatable. Even ADL calls the religious Zionism part of their coalition or has extremist. The new extremist Israeli government is openly fascist. Like, that's why I titled that today. It's not even up for debate. It's what they are. And it's even the AP seems to be calling them that. It says uh, to win last year's election while standing trial for corruption. Remember, like four different corruption charges. Netanyahu relied on his surging popularity of his far-right allies who seized on perceived threats to Israel's Jewish identity. That's what they're, see, even they frame it as seized on the perceived threats. This narrative is shifting in a rapid way, guys, because we're being lied to, and we always have been. It shouldn't be used to attack Jewish people. It's just simply a reality that Zionists have been lying to Jewish people and the world alike. Quote, in war, you have to be brutal, he says. We need to deal a blow that hasn't been seen in 50 years and take down Gaza, says Smotrich, one of the most extremist people in their cabinet. Literally just says we need to be brutal. So is that what democracies do? You care about human rights just because they act in a way, even though we can prove in many cases they're not, but you want to say that they are, so we're going to act this way? And we just went over the reasons how they rationalize their belligerent actions. I'm talking about the Zionist government, to be clear, for those that want to take these things out of context. We need to deal a blow that hasn't been seen in 50 years. So he's pointing at the Nakba, or the last ethnic cleansing, or the last big war, I should say. When they were un... I mean, far too many innocent people were killed. And then take down Gaza. That doesn't mean Hamas. That means everybody. That's all civilians. But the risk of Israeli civilians falling victim to relentless Israeli bombing or languishing for years in Hamas captivity while Israel gets dragged into an open-ended campaign could also be political ruin for Netanyahu. Too late. Apparently, he's already gone forward and they killed people. Civilians. Israelis. Quote, this is a serious dilemma, says veteran Israeli political commentator. Quote, the fear is that if and when a ground operation kicks off, Hamas will threaten to execute hostages every hour, every two hours, and that will become a really heated debate. And guess what? Now we have like that happening. Here is 
Financial Times talking about Gaza, Hamas threatening hostages. Now, it's interesting the way this has gone out. Of course, it's going to be used very one-sidedly, despite the fact that we have 4,500 hostages being detained over the process of years on one side. <clears throat> but the point is, Hamas has hostages, right? Many of them civilians. Israel has been continuing to bomb Gaza indiscriminately. That's why they made this statement. Now, what's interesting is what they're now framing it to the average person who doesn't hear all this stuff is that we're now going to do this because Hamas threatened to kill civilians. Just using it the way they want to, but that's not the way this works. As it says, Hamas said on Monday evening that, and again, I can't even confirm this is the actual translation. I'm going to try to get Robert's take on this tomorrow. Because maybe it's personal. I mean, look, uh, Sam Husseini showed you earlier yesterday, or I showed you his article, Nobody even talked about what Hamas said, which is what they did was because of violations of human rights. So why would we think they would frame this honestly? But for sake of conversation, it says we announced that they would, it says they would execute a captive for each new airstrike, right? So they're saying you're bombing civilians. So we're going to execute somebody when you do that. And then Israel goes, they threatened to kill us. So we're going to bomb them. It's, It's so stupid. But it says, we announced that for every targeting of our people who are safe in their houses without prior warning, we will regrettably meet with the execution of one of the enemy's civilian hostages. Now, again, I wonder if they did say this, whether they said civilian or not. That is the classic kind of the classic way that we've seen this get misrepresented, where somebody in Syria will say something and it gets framed in a way that makes it look like the way they want it to. Turns out they didn't even say one of those words. It happens a lot. But to be clear, it wouldn't surprise me if that's exactly what they said. First of all, because they're saying, if you murder our civilians, we're going to do it back. And they use the word readily. Maybe they're lying. Who knows? But you can't simply frame that as they just want to murder people because that's not even remotely what's happening. As the fighting raged on Monday, the uh, gallant Israel's defense minister said he had ordered Gaza's complete siege, as we've already seen. He added, quote, there will be no electricity, food, and so on. So they just went further. We're going to continue to hurt civilians. The Israeli government, and by the way, if you're an Israeli, doesn't that bother you? The fact that they're acting in a way that they already were told would lead to the death of Israelis. And of course, as I said with Vanessa, I wondered aloud whether that was the whole point. If you want, if you think this was allowed to happen, maybe ask if whether one of these extremist groups was needing somebody as a martyr to be used to justify more action. Now, look, historically, the belligerent state of Israel has never needed a reason to carry out indiscriminate bombing of Gaza. But it's interesting with the way that things have changed. And it's certainly possible, even after the fact, that they're going to allow these people to die and then pretend and claim that they killed them with any provocation so they can take action and then act like they're fighting for those people they allowed to die. That's just a possibility. I wondered about that with Vanessa. He goes on to say, Oh, and then, of course, the point is, he says they're they're fighting barbaric terrorists and need to respond accordingly. So, okay, so you're so you're not better than them. Then. You're pretend you're just just like them. We're going to be just like them because that's how they are. Okay, well then you're the same. You're not any better. No moral high ground. Just like U.S. sending cluster bombs to Ukraine or doing all the things they pretend other people aren't allowed to do. You're both the same. He goes on to say the Israeli government said it had ordered the cut off of water to Gaza. Right, civilians a densely populated, hemmed-in strip of land that is home to 2.3 million people. Why is it that nobody cares that they're cutting off water to civilians that we can prove? Netanyahu posted a video of tumbling tower blocks in Gaza, the one we showed you, just simply saying terrorist targets. 
<clears throat> even though we can prove to you that that was not what happened, and there's even civilians being drug out of the rubble and being taken into the hospital. It doesn't matter, because anybody like the loomers of the world and the media that doesn't know, that doesn't care, are going to toe the line. No, now, let me let me do this. I, I, should, I, I wish I, I do have to get going. I'm going to take time on this last part, because this deserves time, and then I'm going to probably skip the rest of it. <clears throat> now, Dominic Farrell Far- says, <coughs> excuse me, hold on one second. Okay. It says, I'll not tweet the video. You've seen it. A child, now this is crazy. He says, executed in front of his parents. Now that's what it purports to be, but you don't get to see it. And I'll show you the video. If it happens, that's terrible. And nobody should be okay with that. Whether it's a a Palestinian or an Israeli or even a member of Hamas. Nobody should be executed. Even you realize there's even in wartime, you're prisoners of war. I mean, it's amazing. And we just pretend like in certain circumstances, when it's Ukraine, they should kill the Russians because they're bad guys. Like, so then you're just openly acknowledging that you don't care about any kind of international law that acknowledge during war, there is international law. My point though, is so it's whether it's Hamas or anybody, nobody should be okay with the exa- the execution of anybody. But what he's saying is the level of depravity and evil we have witnessed. Well, I mean, again, I could show you all sorts of open assassinations of people, Palestinians walking away, shot in the head. That happened like six months ago. Anyone supporting this is equally evil. Well, I agree with that. Quite frankly, I don't know anybody supporting the Palestinian cause that's going, yay, kill children. That's what you want to pretend is happening. And I'm sure it happens somewhere. But here's my point. This is the video they're talking about. And it is. It's, it's pretty disgusting and sad. But what I'm, it's, it's all in uh, captions. This simply shows the child crying, and it's blurred out at the top. I'm not really sure why. I think that might be blood right there in his hands. So that would, that would lead, lend more credence to the idea that there was something that happened. My point, if you go through the whole thing, all you see is people sitting here upset about what supposedly happened over to the left. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying if we're, can't able, if we're not able to be objective, especially in times of emotional fervor, then you shouldn't be a journalist. The point is that that's a kid crying, saying, I, is there a chance you will come back? My, uh, my sister, my sister, my sister died. Okay. So based on what we can see, it does appear something bad happened. But do we know who did it? Do we know whether it was Hamas? Do we know whether it was the IDF pretending to be Hamas? Do we know whether it was Syrian extremists? Do we know whether it was a settler doing it? We don't know any of that. Now, yes, to the people that support Israel, that's unacceptable and never would happen, except that it has happened, though. So all I'm saying is before we know, we shouldn't be banding this around as something can prove because we can't. That being said, if a Palestinian or a member of Hamas or an IDF member or anybody executed a child in front of their family, they should be arrested at the very least, charged with a war crime, right? But the point is, that's not what's happening. We're jumping to conclusions because that's the easier thing to do. Of course, people are going to frame this as me somehow ignoring these, and you heard me, I'm not. The problem is that people don't want to hear objectivity at a time when they're upset. But that's dumb. It's childish, especially for journalists, and that seems to be most of the people doing this right now. Now, here's an interesting point, by the way. He says, this person, no risk, no reward, says, I seriously question people posting videos of corpses being desecrated and men, women, and children being brutalized and executed. Years ago, they were called snuff movies, made and distributed for sickos. 
Now it's called Twitter. You're being desensitized. It's part of the agenda. It's an excellent point. Now, I get the point of a news perspective to understand what's going on. But since when did we start accepting things like this as just kind of posted? Like, Look, you have to realize people are posting this stuff, a lot of people, with the interest of just getting reach and shares. And maybe because they care. I'm sure some of them do. But we have to realize that a lot of this is people that are just simply trying to shock and awe. And that's disgusting. I mean, look, I just made this point about Lahaina. Remember that? Where I, I got an early video from somebody. I think it was, it was actually from Shelby. Right in the beginning of dead bodies throughout the streets being half burned alive. Which, which later got shared by a bunch of bad people, in my opinion. But I, what I said was, this has no journalistic value. There is nothing to like. There is nothing about this that gives us any indication about what happened. Fire could have done that. So why in the world would I show that to you? But guess what? A lot of so-called journalists were happy to parade that around for a week because it shocked people. That's shock. It's not even journalism. It's just shock content. But interesting point he makes here because that is happening a lot. Now here is an example that I think is provable. That's why I use this on the show. The the image today. Now, the point is, and this is the one that people are pointing at and saying, like Ezra and so on, they're saying we've been raped and brutalized. Well, it does appear that way. But again, if we're being objective, you can't prove what happened here. First of all, what we're looking at here, I don't know if we can prove in any of these cases, as Vanessa made very clear, that these are, in fact, Hamas or even Palestinians. Come on. What the heck is happening here? Gosh darn it. Okay, come on. Is this even the right one or did it update on me? Son of a gun. Yeah, I think, God, man, I hate these stupid platforms and the way they work. Like, why wouldn't you, like, if I have a pay, if something open, why in the world would it change on me? Oh, for crying out loud, what is going on with this thing? We should just laugh at how terribly clunky and bad the corporate media are today. I mean, am I crazy? Is that, why did that just stop at 18 minutes? Like, do they not? <laughs> Son of a gun. No, it does seem like it's continuing here. Yeah, and it's, it just changed. How frustrating. Hold on, let me go back and see if that's what it was. How strange. Gosh darn it, man. Well, I don't even know how to grab that really quickly here. Hold on. No, this is the different one. I wanted to make sure we talk about her too. Well, okay. Well, I had the damn... It's out of a gun. I really just am so frustrated by the terrible makeup of... Like, all they're trying to do is is shove what they want you to think about. Your, if you, you have a link to these things, and they just change the link, change the content. I mean, God, people aren't journalists. It's propaganda, man. As clear as day. In any case... The point was, this one, just since we have it up, is saying they kidnap a 12-year-old boy. But my point in the same, in, in reverse, is why, why do we think because of this video that we know, even if it's posted on some Telegram channel that claims to be Hamas, as you got people like Laura and others doing, because there's some weird little clip from a Telegram channel, like that can't be easily manipulated, that we know that they're laughing about. Look what they're saying. It's just all shock content, guys. It's trying to get people upset. 
But this, my point is that we don't know for sure what these people are, what they're doing, who's paying them, what they're part of. My point is they're not dressed like Hamas. They could be Palestinians. But we also have to realize they could be other people too. And I'll get to an example of that. Well, actually, maybe tomorrow. My overall point as the one I was going to show you, which is just this clip I had. This, that, like, what, what you were going to see is this woman. I mean, you basically get the gist of it here. Who was put, being put in this car. You can see blood on her arm. And you can see blood on her pants right there. Now, yeah, look, for, my first thought as a journalist is that woman got abused. Because she is detained and it's a military setting. And my God, that happens far too much. Again, you want to quick, take a quick dance through the, the Iraq war? It'll blow your mind how many times U.S. soldiers were ordered to rape women. There's been entire hearings on this that we don't get told about. It's disgusting. I mean, ordered to do so in front of family members. But yeah, but we're the good guys, right? The point is, most of these governments are the bad guys, including the ones we're talking about. I mean, U.S., Israel. I mean, it's ridiculous. My point, though, is that we don't know for sure, though, do we? We just, we just because we see it doesn't mean we should assume. We're reporting should be a woman that appears to have been raped. That would be fair reporting. But what we're also looking at is a person who, in my opinion, as somebody else was pointing out recently, does not look like a Palestinian to me. It's possible that you could see this, but in most cases, that is not what we're talking about. What that does look like to me is one of many different groups that are Syrian extremists that come from Africa, that come from different areas around the Middle East that were used in Syria that we've already proven to you have been brought into the border of Ukraine or excuse me, to Ukraine, and now up to the border of Israel per Israeli reporting. So I think we have to ask the question about whether there's more going on here if that was the case. And am I no way trying to give some kind of a pass? If we prove this was Palestinians or Hamas, we should make sure the person that was responsible or the people involved go to jail, get charged with crimes. I mean, seriously, guys, it's disgusting that these things are impossible, but it happens in every war we've ever talked about. That's not meant to condone it at all. In this case, we have the German festival goer who they're claiming has been identified as the, as the, the body that we saw, that which they claim was paraded by Hamas. Again, all I've seen with people in a truck. But because they claim it's Hamas and because it's not Israelis, or they, that's what they say, that that's just the, that's what it has to be. Well, that's not true. We've shown you examples of Mossad pretending to be Palestinians. Like the, the, the general Nimrod who just got, who got taken in the beginning, the guy was stationed inside Gaza pretending to be a Palestinian. That's what his whole group was, the deep threat or whatever they were called. They were meant to be inside the area pretending to be Palestinian. That's what they do. We can show you throughout history where they've done this thing or going back to the very beginning where they've, they've the, 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 I forget his name now. It's like I did before. The, the researcher intellectual who was speaking on the record about his own experiences told you that he was told that Zionists were involved with attacking Jews in the very beginning to justify what they did. There's a lot of examples of this. That's all, that's all I'm saying is we need to ask whether that's possible. And until we know for sure, we shouldn't assume. The sad reality, though, is it does appear that this woman was killed in a way that's very reminiscent of Syrian U.S.-backed extremists, in a way that, quite frankly, I have not seen from Hamas or Palestinians in my experience. But if you have, let me know, and I'll talk about it. But down here, I found something interesting, by the way. This, and this shouldn't change the way we perceive this. It's disgusting no matter what, whether Israeli or not. But apparently she was a dual German-Israeli citizen. Now, all I'm pointing this out for is the only way this was reported across all of Twitter and social media was that a German citizen and attacked. Now, ask yourself, does it matter if she's an Israeli? I would say no. It doesn't matter. 
if she's just an Israeli citizen, it does not matter. She's a civilian who is being taken advantage of or killed in this case. But would it matter if she was an IDF member? I don't know if that's the case. I don't know how it works. I know if you're an Israeli citizen, you could be an IDF member. Like the one we saw before, the woman that was taken on the back of that bicycle, the, the motorbike that everyone is still pointing at as some random girl. That was an IDF member. It's on her own Instagram. She was a member of the IDF and she was taken while wearing the IDF uniform. So I'm not saying it's okay that something bad happens to her. What I'm saying is in a war, especially with an occupied territory and you're part of the military, that's in the context of war, that's a fair target. But if she was hurt, killed, raped, that's none of that's okay and they should be taken, held accountable for it. I think it's interesting that people went out of their way to not tell you this person was an Israeli. And again, it shouldn't matter because it's a human being. But then why would they leave that out? Because it matters to them. And anybody who would hide it from you. I find that very telling. Now, clandestine makes a couple of good points, and I'm going to wrap it here, guys. After 9-11, he says, after the towers fell, American flags were flying on every street corner. And, and remember, just like we just told you, in the UK, at the very least, they're flying Israeli flags everywhere. He says, and the U.S. government had the unwavering support to justify invading any country, which has been followed by decades of war and military occupation. Then down the line, we learned that we were, what we were told about 9-11 was not the truth. The terrorists who committed the attacks were funded by their own CIA. And again, just to be clear, mo- I'm not claiming there's parts in this that I may not necessarily agree with about the kind of general point about 9-11. The point I'm making here is about the, the lies we were told about 9-11, whether we all agree on the finer points of 9-11. Just to make that clear. This is what his opinion is. He's saying Building 7 was demolished without being struck by a plane. Things were vastly different than they appeared on the surface level at the time. Did terrorists really drive planes into the towers, killing thousands of innocent civilians? He says, yes. But were the U.S. government innocent bystanders? No. We should all know by now they were not. They orchestrated the plot and used it to justify attacking countries and with resources they wanted, he says, and it worked. It did. This, And that's only one part of it. This is why I am cautious, he says, to immediately pledge my unconditional allegiance to the Israeli government. When we did didn't know exactly what happened or which nefarious entities were involved in the Hamas attacks. Like, this is what objectivity looks like. Allowing your emotions to flow or your, your political size to dictate your stance is so juvenile. This is a person who I guarantee has opinions. He's just going, let's wait to see what the reality is. Not just what Ezra says on Twitter. It says, did terrorists really murder and kidnap hundreds of Israeli women and children? He says, yes. Now, I don't know if I agree that it's hundreds of women and children. I haven't seen that proven. But we should consider that. And if they are, then we should condemn that for sure. Condemn any attack on civilians. He says, but are the Israeli government innocent bystanders? He says, I do not know. And neither do a lot of Israelis who are acting like this was allowed to happen. Did the Israeli and or U.S. government want these attacks to happen? Did their intelligence agencies know Hamas were planning this? Well, Egypt seems to think so and allowed them to carry it out so they could justify war. Well, as I said before, they've never needed a justification, really. They just simply say, they're over there, they're bad guys, prayer to self-defense. But things have changed. He says, I do not know, but given we have seen the U.S. use this exact playbook, and given Israel is essentially fully funded by the United States, it's naive to assume anything at face value. If history has taught us anything over the years, it's that things are never as they initially appear. Well said, man. Exactly. 
Now, of course, this very logical and balanced perspective is called conspiracy theory. That's how broken things are today. Just because you consider outside possibilities that the corporate media would never consider, you're crazy. Even though what he says in every single letter is something you can prove. It's just incredible where we are today. Well, Liam points out, it's, and oh, this first starts with Richie Torres, who is a congressman, says Hamas's surprise terrorist attack by air, land, and sea, which is not even really, really what happened, is Israel's 9-11. Now, we told you this is what they were trying to float. Losing, he says, 600 Israelis. Interestingly, he says, a U.S. politician is equivalent of losing about 20,000 Americans. Hmm. Now, that's not even a ratio based on the population difference. So I, this is, I think this he put his foot in his mouth here. I think in his effort to try to be more pro-Israeli than some of the other people, he let it out that he's more interested in, that he, care, that he thinks Israelis are worth more than Americans. It's crazy. His point? It's really something for an American congressman to say that he thinks every Israeli life is worth 30 American lives. Yeah. Oops. Quiet part out loud. Well, we now are being told, and this is going to get more interesting and alarming and dangerous when this is acted upon, if it is, that nine U.S. citizens are dead in Israel conflict. Now, if you read through this, what you'll find confounding is that we don't really get in details. Just like we were told a U.S. citizen was killed in, that, in the Iraq issue, which then led to is in Iran and you know, all the back and forth. It turned out wasn't technically a U.S. citizen, but it was an Iraqi national that later filed for U.S. citizenship, which is really different than how we read that, right? I'm willing to bet you it's the same point. I'm, it's certainly possible that Americans were there, but I'm willing to bet you that these are Israeli citizens who have dual U.S. citizenship, and they just want Americans to think that Americans were attacked. And so that's how they frame it. But how about we be objective and wait for the facts? I know, crazy in this day and age. But we also have more than 10 Britons fear dead or missing. So we don't know anything, but we're going to scare you with a headline that means we don't know, but maybe journalism in the corporate sphere. So the point is they're trying to get you invested, saying Britons and U.S. citizens were dead and are killing. We don't know, though. That's what they say right there. We don't know. We're, we're fear dead. We're not sure. They're missing. And if they're dead, that's, that's it's sad and unfortunate. And if we're civilians and not there in some kind of military capacity, then we should make sure people are held accountable. <clears throat> now, I, I, you know what? I am going to rush through this, like I said, and end it right now. But I want you to see, as I rush through this, the points we're going to get into probably tomorrow or the next day. And I'm going to try to bring in some other topics, actually. Ron Paul spoke on the creation of Hamas, being Hamas creation of Israel and the United States. He speaks to this saying that we're responsible, which you should remember. <clears throat> we have the examples of them saying Hamas, to my great regret, is Israel's creation, which is literally written in the Wall Street Journal. <clears throat> Excuse me. How Israel helped to spawn Hamas. He says it right there. Is my great regret. And this is the and is a retired Israeli official. Here it is in, Wik, in WikiLeaks, where they admit this. Remember when WikiLeaks revealed cables indicating Hamas might be working for the IDF to further Israel state policy? Right there. Hamas relationship with Israel, and it goes into exactly what he's talking about. How they use it to forward Israel's policy. This is WikiLeaks. Nothing they ever released has been shown to be false. Now, this is what I was trying to find the other day. An excellent article written by Kerry Wedler. 
Hamas, what you're not being told about Israel's arch enemy. She does a great job breaking this down, showing you that they're large. I mean, at the very least, it's suspected that they're currently still working for Israel. We covered this in 2018, how Israel created Hamas. We also covered this in 2019, how Israel continued to fund Hamas. So we should consider this, especially since people like Vanessa Bealey and others have made the point that you can prove today that there's still factions that are loyal to Israel. So could that not be part that broke off and carried out egregious acts? Now, yes, somebody will frame that as trying to potentially give an out to the fact that they did it. But again, if you're not hearing when I say that if Hamas is proven to carry these out, they're responsible and should be put in prison. So stop trying to pretend we're not saying that. As far as anybody that I respect is saying that. The bottom line is that we should at very least ask if a group who has lied to us just like this before might have done it again in their own interest. That's not that crazy to consider. In that same note, I'll include some important point links here. Here's the Corbett report, an interview I did with him, destroying the ISIL myth with the last American vagabond. Here's the title I put out when I, oops, put this out. Well, and why that loads. We also have a three-part watch along with his series called The Secret History of Al-Qaeda, which proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was created, funded, and still controlled by the United States government and Israel for that matter. But let's not, let's also, you know, listen to the interview with James Corbett where we discuss how ISIS was created, armed, and funded by the U.S. and Israel, and how it's an open secret. And this is overlapping with the same point about the history of Al-Qaeda. It's, the receipts are present and easily proven, but just like we're screaming lies today, people don't want to hear the truth. So if you want to com- argue that it's not possible they created Hamas to be used this way, let's not forget that they've done this with pretty much every other entity that they point at in the same way. The only difference is people argue Hamas was basically they lost control of it and is now in support of what's going on in Palestine to a large degree. Interesting, right? Or take it to the conclusion to you, to Ukraine, which Israel is also involved in the Ukraine and the new Al Qaeda, which Whitney Webb wrote again, finishing off very quickly. There are, they are now saying according to the sprinter. And I've seen reports on corporate media that he's t- that Netanyahu is calling for the ground operation. Now, I think that may be a bluster, a threat to try to see if it'll push the U.S. in, which will then give them backing. But I kind of don't think they're going to push in on the ground because they've already shown to not be able to do that in 2014. And it's embarrassing when they lose to Gaza. So I don't think so. Now, I started with this. Let's end with the point. After everything we're talking about, you have members of your Congress who are literally investing in wartime stocks. They're making money off of their wartime rhetoric. It is disgusting, truly revolting. Now, I'm going to go into this more tomorrow, I think, the idea of how this still might have been engineered. There's a lot of interesting points in this, as I was saying earlier, how some of these earlier posts they've shared seem to look like they're wearing IDF uniforms. I think just just happened to put on a Hamas headwear. That's really interesting to me. It might be quite literally that we were lied to about how this started, like entirely false flag event that maybe Hamas then took advantage of. Because Egypt was saying that they were aware of this. Very interesting. But we have this. I'll I'll include this. This is a a two-minute clip of the invasion, which is interesting. Dan Cohen shared this, calling it a huge success for Palestinians. But you can see that there are really no IDF members as they break through the wall. There's nobody there. They have a couple. That's The voices are changed. There are some people, but it's interesting how it seems to be they were almost let through. Iranian agency is saying, and this is really telling, I, this is stated by the Iranian Tasnim agency. I can't confirm it outside of that. 
They're claiming that Israeli regime forces, Israeli forces, collaborated with Gaza resistance in transmitting information about the state of the army, sensitive areas, and even directed Palestinian forces during the penetration. That's Iranian news outlets. So you know that they have an interest in trying to manipulate the situation because of the back and forth, but it's very interesting and seems to be backed up by what other Israelis are saying. This is, again, Efrat has been telling you. She's saying there is no way they did not know. And she gets into the Egyptian, the Egyptian points has a link for it right there of Egypt saying that they thought this was something they knew about. That something big was coming and yet nothing happened. Sort of like January 6th, right? And then let's just laugh very quickly at the, at the CNN group that start their video on the ground. Oh my God, we're being bombed. No, you know, maybe that's real. Quite frankly, I don't think it is. Because they just lay on the ground and get up and nothing's happening. My point is, well, bombs do fly in war. But making yourself the story while it's happening is pretty typical Western journalism, right? Not everything else, but me, scared on the ground, and then nothing. Journalism. (laughs) That's what it feels like to me. And why anyone would take seriously what CNN, or Fox for that matter, has to present is beyond me. Here's a great example of them faking, fake news, putting out fake news in the Gulf War, which we've all seen. The lies about how they were pretending they were being attacked behind a blue screen. Remember this? Yep, that happened. Or, or even more fun, here is when that very important CNN journalist sniffed a backpack and was like, mm, yeah, Saren, Saren, definitely. That really happened, guys. I don't, I've never seen her since that happened. She really sniffed the backpack and says, makes my nose tingle. Because that's what Saren would do, right? Saren, oh, just a little effect. I mean, this is so embarrassing. That is CNN. That's corporate media for you. Lebanon seems to be entering the war, bombing multiple locations. We have examples of Israeli soldiers that have been killed by Lebanese soldiers, as well as Hezbollah, according to the Syrian girl, firing rockets at even Israel airplanes. So this is going to escalate. We'll have to wait and see what happens more. But I want to end with a simple point. In a couple of weeks later, or actually, sorry, I didn't read the first part. They wrote a year ago, federal debt, $30.7 trillion. And the annual expense was $400 billion. He says, today, federal debt is over $33 trillion. Interest expense of $970 billion. Just the interest. That's all war. Do you imagine what almost a trillion dollars could do for the average family? In this- Here's what he- A couple weeks after he posted that, they've already added $500 billion more. And now they're calling to spend more money to Israel. No American wants this. Whether or not they support what's going on with with what Israel wants to do, nobody wants to send more money abroad. That's routinely what Americans say, and your government doesn't care what you think. Federal debt, $33.5 trillion. I mean, guys, that's bankruptcy. That is insolvency, unless you're a government controlling the money flow, which, by the way, is rapidly changing as people pull away from the dollar, and that's desperation for you. Dumping money into a sinking problem. So thank you for tuning in today, guys. I was hoping to get it even less than that, to be quite honest, but we'll leave it there. I appreciate your time and being objective, asking questions and realizing that human life matters wherever it is and whatever color their skin or whatever their ethnicity. It's really appalling, isn't it? That we have the very people acting like they're fighting for equality and equity and sustainability and and free speech and human rights as they attack these things in the people they don't like. As I said, the worst of the worst are the people that pretend to be good and do worse than anybody else. It's disgusting. 
So thank you for tuning in today, guys. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Anyway, welcome to the State Department. I think we have some interns in the back. Welcome. Uh, good to see you in this uh, exercise and transparency and democracy. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was. I didn't mean to break. I thought it was an exercise, of, an exercise in, in spin and obfuscation. <laughs> All right. Can you tell us in my last briefing before vacation? Yeah. <laughs>